Alright, welcome to the late March edition of Movie Monks. I'm, I'm not sure what day it's going to go up, so... Um, well, it is the 22nd. We're probably going to look at, I don't know, maybe the 24th or 5th. Okay. Uh, I'm Brother Nathan. I'm John, um, Brother Paul. Brother Paul, yep. Yeah. In the monastery. And, um, I don't know. I just, I enjoy rolling, keeping that train rolling. Um, we have a lot of stuff, obviously, because we haven't had an episode in a while. But, uh, we're going to try to gloss over some of them and get to some news as well later, but, uh... Yeah, uh, something important, quickly, where you changed hosting, that's why there was some technical issues, and we're on iTunes now, so... Yeah. Oh, great. So, bigger platform for this podcast to get out there. Right, exactly. And maybe in the show notes, I'll put the link to subscribe or some. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Um... And as so, you can tell, I've been sick for a while, so I apologize that my voice sounds kind of weird and shaky, but there it is, just putting it all up front. Okay. Um, I guess I'll let you kick it off again, just because I feel weird just stealing the spotlight immediately, so I'm just going to say, right. hey, what, what was the first movie you've seen in the last, like, ten days or whatever? Okay, well, one of the big highlights, actually, for me has been I got a new TV and system and stuff. Um, it's like 50 55, inches? 55-inch 3D TV. So, uh, the first night, obviously, I tried the 3D out, and it's 3D. So, I mean, that's kind of cool. Um, what did you to, test it on? Um, I did a bunch of video games that maybe you've heard of, but we don't talk about games here. Um, with the, um, with the TV, I got Shrek, the complete collection in 3D. Oh. Like, all four movies. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, watch all four Shrek movies? No, I just watched about. some of one, because okay. I like the first one. Alright. Um, fair, fair enough, I guess. John Lithgow, so... Yeah, exactly. Um, I got Monsters vs. Aliens 3D for 10 bucks at a pawn right. shop, so that's kind of right. cool. Okay. Um, that, Coraline, that because I really like that movie. That's a good movie. I yeah. have that one. Yeah, um, anyways, the reason I say this is I'm trying to still get used to it, because since it's a newer TV, it's a higher refresh rate and frame rate, mm -hmm. so everything looks like a BBC or camcorder production, like, like everything. It's too real or something, or what? Well, because it's at 60 frames a second instead of the usual 29.97 or 30 that we're used to. Oh, weird. And okay. it's so weird, like, the most disturbing thing, I think, is that We've been conditioned all this time to see everything at half the speed of real life. To, like, get a movie feel. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of weird. But anyways, everything I've watched looks like it was, like, home movies, and it's kind of trippy, to say the least. Okay. Um, the first movie I saw that wasn't 3D was X-Men Origins Wolverine. Um, I don't what like it. Oh, okay. What, what, but, what do you uh, think's no. wrong with it? No, I'll tell you what's wrong with it. It's okay. the CG looks terrible in some parts. Some parts, like, it's not a bad movie, but, oh, I don't know. His claws look so bad in a lot of parts. Like, it's just so gross. Um, a lot of things I thought were kind of sloppy. I don't know. Like you're you're, you're in the majority. I'm just one of those weird people that, like, saw it three times. Okay, like, well, maybe I should fine. ask you what's good about it. Um, like, Hugh Jackman's in it, like, a lot. So yeah, and he is that, good. 
yeah, it kind of helps a lot. Um, and I don't know, it's just like a st super straightforward, dumb revenge movie, kind of, with a twist at the end, maybe. And Danny Houston has yeah. a big gun that shoots adamantium bullets, so, I mean... So, I don't know. I'll, I had low, I had a low standard for it, I guess, but it, it did all I wanted it to. Okay, well, I'll bring up a counterpoint and say Ryan Reynolds, that's all. Um, Yo, he slices that bullet, though. Yeah, I can't stand him. But okay. he's, I mean, to be fair, he is in it for, like, maybe 15 or 20 minutes total. So, if you, that, yeah. I can't even fault it for that. Um, it's, like, do you like Deadpool and you were annoyed how they interpreted him or something? Because that's a common complaint. No, I couldn't care less. What I don't, like, I'll be the first one to say, growing up, I was a Spider-Man kid. My best friend is an X-Men fan, and he, like, he knows everything about all their origins and blah, blah, blah. I kind of don't. So, like, this could be or could not be, like, really close to the comics. I don't care. I just was in the mood for a good movie. And really, I got kind of a good movie. I just... I don't know. There were so many technical aspects that threw me off. And again, I was still getting used to this frame rate and stuff. Like, it just... It was a weird experience. I might okay. watch it again. Uh, maybe I just wasn't in the mood for it, sort of thing. But yeah. I don't know. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman's always good. Yeah, he makes up for most of it. Like... It is a, it's a super simple movie, and it's not really special, but I just, I thought it got unfairly kicked around. Cause... How crappy was it that those people that took him in got killed? Like, wasn't oh, that, that heartbreaking? or whatever? Yeah, well, yeah, the yeah. farmhouse, that was heartbreaking. I kind of don't remember, do, like, do, is it pretty clear that they just die? or? What? Well, yeah, they were, like, being all nice to him, and he was on the motorcycle, and they're like, that's a good look for you, here's my son's jacket, and blah, blah, blah. And then she comes in with lemonade, or something, and sandwiches uh -huh. or something, and she just drops dead. They shoot her. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, yeah, wow. Yeah, I guess that is kind of harsh. I, I kind of forgot about that. But, yeah, you're right. That, yeah. That's... <laughs> Okay. So I like Liev Schreiber in it too, though. Yeah, he does a right. really good saber tooth, actually. Um, a lot more personality than that big giant dude in the first movie. Like, well, I mean, he had no personality in that. Yeah. But oh anyways, yeah, a thing I think also kind of threw me off is I bought this movie because I buy movies more than I rent usually. I don't know why. Oh. Okay. But see, I like I. This was it, one that I really but... wanted to see, and usually when I buy movies instead of rent, I mean like I buy the five dollar bin movies because I don't care what I watch usually. Mm -hmm. This was a thirty four dollar movie. What are you doing? I couldn't find it for cheaper, and when oh. I found it, I was like, "Fine, whatever." Like on Boxing Day last year, I saw it for like ten bucks on Blu-ray, and I was like, "And see, for ten bucks, that would be fine, oh. but for what I paid, I don't feel I got anywhere near the quality." Okay, I'm just saying I didn't even pay ten bucks for it, and I kind of liked it. So yeah, so know. take that as you will, audience. I guess. So what That's was um, what kicked off this last like week and a half of nothing for you? Okay, um, just I, I'm gonna okay. I just want to mention it. I watched the uh, commentary for Tristram Shandy, so that happened, and I enjoyed it. And now I now own that movie. Um, then I watched Marie Antoinette continuing the Steve Coogan. Okay, what do you think of that movie? I thought it was okay. I mean, it got kicked around quite a bit too, but I don't know. Because I really, moments. I hate Marie Antoinette. I think she's terrible. Like, 
the person, and I don't like um, Kirsten Dunst at all. Have you not seen the movie, or...? What do you mean? Like, did you see Marie Antoinette, the film, or...? No, I'm talking about, like, the real person that you learned about. No, I know, I'm just, like, did you watch this movie? No, this is what I'm kind of asking, because I hate Kirsten Dunst, and I don't like like Marie Antoinette, the person. Okay, well, this this movie is trying to kind of get behind the scenes and explain, like, why Marie Antoinette was depicted as she was by in history and stuff, which was kind of interesting. Like, they they make her somewhat sympathetic, and, you know, the society and everything is kind of what led her to right. appear, you know, super frivolous and everything. Um, I don't, I don't think I hate Kirsten Dunst. She's kind of cute, and she's just walk around in pretty clothes in this movie, which is fine. But that's like her role in everything. She's just put in to walk around in pretty clothes because she can't act. But these are really, you know, elaborate dresses. These are really pretty dresses. Like, I checked and it won Best Costume Design, which absolutely makes sense because there's just, like, that's almost the star of the movie. There's just this incredibly lavish clothes everywhere. So if you're into that, I guess, check it out. I can uh, honestly say I'm not. Yeah. Um, other than that, like, it's kind of got some weird comedy elements in it, I guess. Jason Schwartzman plays kind of this super nervous king guy. Um, who... Well, doesn't he play Louis Sixteen? Yeah, or he's whatever? King Louis, and he kind of just refuses to have sex with his wife because he's just spooked out. And um, that causes some scandal in the royal world, you know? Um, right. Because you got to have kids. You got you to, gotta, you know, have a You got to keep the bloodline going. Yeah, so if you're not, like, what are you doing? Um, so a lot of the movie's kind of concerned with that. And then it kind of ends weirdly abruptly, like, kind of before the dark, messed up business happens with the French Revolution. Like, that stuff just starts to begin happening, then they leave the palace at Versailles, and then it's over. And it was it was kind of weird. And that's like, you know what happens next. I guess so. Like, they kind of wanted to end on a more positive note, I guess, but... It was kind of weird, because that's the part of the story kind of everybody knows. But um, maybe, maybe that's why. Uh, Steve Coogan showed up more than I was expecting, so I, I was happy with that. Um, he's kind of this ambassador guy, and he pops in every now and then. And I was like, yeah! Um, but I guess, overall, it's it's a kind of a slow movie. It's I can see why a lot of people didn't like it, but... I don't know. It was okay. Asia Argento's okay. in it. She is. Like, for a while. Are you a fan? Or? Yeah, I love her. I don't think she's a great actress, so... Okay. Um, her dad's kind of a, I don't know, weird director. Yeah, I, I absolutely love Dario Argento's stuff. Okay. I was actually meaning to was... watch Suspiria. I should have done have that. You, you haven't seen that? Oh, yeah, multiple times. I own oh, okay. It. Okay, okay. I was just... Because that's kind of the one, as far as I know. It's the one? Love it. Yeah, that's the one movie he... It's the Neo. That matters to him. Oh, sorry. My cat's being weird. Um, And then I saw this movie called Petulia, which was directed by Richard Lester, who nobody really knows about. Uh, he's the guy that ended up working on Superman 2 when Richard Donner left. Okay. That's, that's probably his most like notable thing. And he also directed some Beatles movies and stuff in the 60s. Yeah, he did um, A Hard Day's Night. Yeah, apparently this movie was, like, really influential on Steven Soderbergh, which is why we watched it. Um, I didn't really like it. It's it's set in, like, the near future, I guess, and George C. Scott is this doctor who's kind of just relentlessly hounded by this weird 
girl played by Julie Christie. And I don't know. It kind of jumps, like, it kind of flashes forward and shows you out of context stuff before it happens, which is kind of the main thing Soderbergh took from it. But as a movie, I just didn't really care about the story, and the, it kind of ran out of fun after a while. It's, yeah, it's not that great. Despite being well regarded in some circles, I guess. But I didn't really fancy it, but whatever. No. Nobody knows about this movie, so no sense talking about it. Um, what was the next thing you saw? Oh, next thing, um, Unbreakable. Uh, did, are you a big fan of... Oh, Shyamalan. Yeah. I was thinking Unstoppable, for some reason. Just because No, I've been meaning to watch that. I kind of want to, so... It's alright. Um, I, yeah, I'm probably more of a... Shyamalan apologist than most people. Than most, yeah. Yeah, uh, I find I, myself I, that in the said, same boat. I really don't like uh, Lady in the Water. There's no excuse for that movie. That's just a bad movie. But it has Paul Giamatti. I know, but... It's, it's like it's the only bad. good thing about it. Yeah. I, to be fair, I only saw it once, but it just did nothing for me at all. Um. Anyways, yeah. Ten-year-old anyway. uh, movie, I think? Ten-year-old movie. Uh, yeah. Basically about real-life superhero ideas, kind of, with a, hey, get this, a twist ending. Well, mm -hmm. sort of. You kind of see it coming, more so than his other ones. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just a really good movie. It holds up really well. And I like Bruce Willis and Sam Jackson a lot, so yeah. Um, yeah, no, I remember it being okay. Um... It's kind of oh, hard to remember right. some, like, specific things about it. It's kind of cool when he's in the train station and he's, like, sticking his arms out to, like, find someone to help or something and he sees all these people's dark pasts. Doesn't water have some negative effect on him or something? Yeah, but I mean, like, all Shyamalan movies, there's water is, like, the cure or the thing that, like, it's a main plot thing and car crashes. Like in signs or whatever, yeah. In every single one of them, pretty much. Oh man, car crashes. You're right. I'm just thinking back on like Devil and stuff, even, which he wrote. Yep, exactly. Oh, so like, all right. yeah. I don't know. That's one. I that's one I found for cheap, and I had to buy that one, and that's why I watched it. It's a really good movie. Okay. Um, I saw Cedar Rapids, which again, right? No, for the first time. I think I might have checked in twice for sticker purposes on Get Clue, but I saw it once. Um, what it, do you it, think of it? It's it's alright for the first hour, maybe, but then it kind of gets... It maybe tries to be a little more serious than it ought to in the last bit, and it kind of just stops being funny. and Like, preachy serious, or what? No, not even, like... It's weird. It, like The movie kind of reminded me of Up in the Air, in that it's dealing with, like, uh, business professional people who are kind of in middle age and crises and whatever, um, with a little more of a comic slant than that movie, because, you know, John C. Riley's in it and stuff. But it, it just kind of gets, like, dudes with conflicting morals and whatever. Like, the main character played by Ed Helms is, like, super uptight about everything, and it, the movie's kind of about him learning to loosen up and have fun with life and stuff. Oh, it's one of those fine. movies. Yeah, it it is, but it's done okay. But um, 
Yeah, just something about it in the last, like, half hour, I just got really disconnected from it and kind of stopped. And then as John C. Riley, the, like, fun-loving, never-takes-anything-seriously cohort that he meets up with. Yeah, he's one of the, like, he's... So you're saying this is Dharma and Greg? I don't, I'm unfamiliar with Dharma and Greg entirely. And as well you should be. Anyways, yeah, I don't know, this looked really good, because I like Ed Helms and John C. Riley. Would you recommend Mm -hmm. I check it out, maybe? Like overall, it's it's okay. Like, I, I it's an okay movie. I get why it's been reasonably well received and stuff. But it just it's not really anything that stands out that much. It, it's all right. right. Cool. Um, and Sigourney Weaver was in it, which was weird. Um, and Rob Corddry. Rob Corddry's barely in it, and he's like super. He's just like an angry jerk in it. Like he doesn't do anything funny, which is too bad. Because I I've grown to like that guy because of Hot Tub Time Machine, but uh, yeah, you don't really get any of that business in this movie. So that's kind of too bad. Yeah, I know. Like he was in the trailer, and I was like, oh sweet, that's another cool thing. And oh, and also I guess this is kind of the return of Anne Heche, and she isn't awful, so that's the thing, I guess. Right? Has she ever really been awful though? Like she has movies that Volcano. she's done that are kind of crappy, but like I don't think she's ever been terrible. I don't know that uh that psycho remake, you know. She's not. Yeah, that was kind of like doomed from the start, though. I know, but in a kind of entertaining way. But I don't know. I really I, like that movie, kind of. I own that movie because it's just such a bizarre like experiment, I guess. And it's like ninety nine cents places. It's easy to find too. Yeah. yeah. Um, or fine. I guess she's maybe slightly better than mediocre. Maybe. Maybe. I can Maybe. agree with this. In this movie, in Cedar Rapids, I mean, I, I haven't ever really taken a shine to her ever before, but she's she has some moxie here, I guess. It, it's alright. Um, It's a short movie, too, like 90 minutes. But, uh, yeah. And then I watched uh, Eddie Murphy say horrible things for like an hour and a half. in uh, On Netflix there? Yeah, which um, I kind of want to see Delirious now, because apparently that's the where the real business is at. Yeah, Delirious but, uh, is really good. Parts of Raw were kind of alright, but um, overall, I don't know. Like, he just kind of rags on women for like an hour and ten minutes, and then he has this really funny story about his family growing up. And then it's over. <laughs> so Nice. Yeah. But, um, I don't know, just kind of going back and seeing Eddie Murphy when he was a big deal is kind of kind of interesting now. Yeah, because he's really not anymore. Actually, his brother is the one that's funnier. Nowadays? I think so. That guy's hilarious. His name? Who's his brother? Charlie Murphy. Okay. I will look this up while you talk about what's next. Alright, the next one, um, it's one recommended to me by the internet, actually. I mean, not like saying, hey, you should check this out and review it sort of thing, but like, hey, this movie's really good, and it's Idiocracy. Um, oh, okay. Mike Judge movie. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I was looking for something. I don't own it or anything. I was just on the Xbox Zune Marketplace. A little plug mm-hmm. there for the little guy, you know. Um, anyways, yeah. I don't like that movie. It's not good. Okay. Mike, Mike Judge is kind of hit or miss because I love Office Space. I liked like some of the Beavis and Butthead stuff, but like I don't know. I hate King of the Hill. Like I didn't like this movie very much. He's just hit or miss with a lot of stuff for me. I think the problem with it is it's such a 
it's a decent premise, but I don't think they went as crazy with it as they could have. Luke it's Wilson be like a satire of the future or something, right? right basically, the idea is um, this guy is like a completely average Joe Schmo guy working in the army doing paperwork, and they assign him to um, do this like thing where they can they put you in a, like a pod or whatever this program, and they put you in hibernation so you can like stay in the, your state for like a long time or whatever. And it was okay. only supposed to be for a year. Instead, they um, do it for 500 years because they go out of business or something. I don't know. Okay. It's something it's kind dumb. of like Forever Young. Right. And the basic I... Yeah. <laughs> if you remember that movie. But anyway. Yeah. We don't have to get Netflix into that. Netflix seems to think I'll really like this movie. So I don't know. Which one? Uh, Idiocracy. Idiocracy? Like, hey man, four stars for you. Is what we're I don't know, like, you can check it out. The problem is, okay, you know how on the Zoom Marketplace you can see previews of what you're going to buy for the two days or whatever, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, all the funny parts were in the preview. Like, this is one of those movies, and I literally mean every part I would chuckle at was in the preview, so it got me good. It got me in. Oh. Um. So, yeah, anyways, he wakes up 500 years later, and the basic premise is that uh, smart people overthought like everything so they would say stuff like oh the economy is not good it's not right to have a child again blah 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 whereas stupid people were people like in trailer parks just having sex all the time so they multiplied and everybody's an idiot now okay in the world so like this average guy is actually like a genius and in comparison yeah okay. right yeah exactly um and yeah that's the whole thing like he wakes up in the future, they get scared because he's too smart, Something, some stuff happens. Terry Crews is a president, which is amazing. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, he, like, runs stuff, I guess, at the end? I can't remember? Like, I don't know. I was half falling asleep, too. I can't stand this movie. It's so bad. Okay, like, there's just no momentum to it. It just kind of floats right. along. Right, exactly. It floats premise. along. It never... Yeah. For, like, how funny it could be, in theory. Like, I mean, an average guy going into the future where everyone's an idiot, that could be hilarious. Mm -hmm. They don't take it where it needs to go, and it's really kind of disappointing. I, um, you know, it's not even a bad movie, it's just disappointing. That's a better word for it. Okay. So, uh, yeah, what's your next one? Um, Coffee and Cigarettes, which was my first yes. Jarmouche movie. Um... It, it's alright. It's like a collection of short films. Like, have you seen it? or? No, I've been meaning to. Tom okay. Waits is it's... in it. Yeah, Tom Waits is in it. Um, Him and Iggy Pop kind of hang out and uh, drink some coffee and smoke some cigarettes, despite, you know, they've quit, but they, you know, they've quit, so they can totally smoke and it won't matter. It, it, right. It's weird. Um, yeah, collection of short films, some of which were pretty great. Um, My favorite, of course, uh, Mr. Steve Coogan and uh, Mr. Alfred Molina kind of get together and some funny business happens um okay it's it's like everyone like everyone's kind of playing weird versions of themselves which is kind of cool uh fits right into the michael winterbottom stuff i was watching last week with uh steve coogan playing himself in a way um his, his bit's pretty great uh kate blanchett's pretty great she plays uh two versions of herself kind of like a cousin of herself but she she plays that cousin as well who's kind of envious of her movie star cousin. It, it's all right. 
Um, and wow, then Bill Murray shows up. Complicated. It, yeah, and then Bill Murray shows up at the end and kind of drinks coffee with the Rizza and Jizza. Oh, that means it's amazing guy. because Bill Murray makes everything better. Kind of, yeah. Um, it, it it's just weird. It's just him with a full pot of coffee, just drinking right out of it, and that's that's kind of great. Um, but then some of them are just kind of whatever, like super low key. Like I didn't like the first one. It has Roberto Bignini and some guy I've never heard of. Um, and I'm not the biggest Bignini guy. He, am I saying that right, Bignini? Um, I'm just trying to Life think. Is beautiful dude, you know. But yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know how you would say that, honestly. Doesn't matter. Um. So yeah, not not much to say there. It's some of it's good, some of it's whatever. But overall, I thought it was all right. And then I watched this movie called Point Blank, which is this uh, revenge mm-hmm. movie from the '60s. Um, it's John Borman, actually, who directed Deliverance, which you watched last week. Mm-hmm. Um, th- it, there's some cool stuff to it. Lee, Lee Marvin is just, like, this really kind of angry, intense guy who wants his money from a deal that oh, he screwed over. Oh, I'm sorry, you said point blank. Yeah. I thought you said that. point break. No, no, not that movie. Uh, okay, uh, sorry. John Borman has nothing I'm, to do with I'm on board break. now. Okay, go. Okay. Um, point blank... I, there were elements to it that kind of reminded me of some Coen's-y kind of business later and stuff, but it's kind of a low-energy movie for a lot of it. It's slow going for the most part, but there's some okay stuff to see. Um, so, yeah, a decent movie, and Lee Marvin is kind of one note as just an angry guy, but that's kind of what he does. So, he does it well. Yeah, yeah, he, he's pretty good at it. And, um, yeah. People get shot, and it's kind of funny, in in a weird way. Like they they do kind of get into this interesting kind of the never ending cycle of people screwing each other over in the world of crime, which was kind of a neat idea. Um, like the dude who's hired to take care of uh, Lee Marvin because he wants money, then kind of gets screwed over out of his money, which kind of is a little I don't know. There's some funny stuff in there, um, but yeah. So I saw that, and it's all right. Cool. Um, and that was another one that uh, Soderbergh apparently was a big fan of. So that's why I watched it. What's next on your list? Okay. Um, not this week, obviously, but last week, two movies that I've been wanting to see came out: Hereafter and The Fighter. So a little foreshadowing. I'll be talking about The Fighter next. But anyways, okay. I saw Hereafter. Um, Clint Eastwood. You know, I'm a big fan. Uh, yeah, anyways, have you seen this? No, but, uh, people keep asking me about it. I, I work in a video store now, um, and people were asking whether or not it's good. I've, I've heard mixed things, so I don't know. What's your take on it? Um, I would recommend it, personally. Sorry, excuse me just a sec. Just had to clear my throat. Um, anyways, yeah, it's a movie about three different people that all kind of have one thing in common, that thing's death and, like, how their lives have been touched by death. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it's kind of deep in some parts. Like, you can tell Eastwood's getting old because he's contemplating all these things, probably. And that's kind of depressing and I don't want to think about it too much. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, Matt Damon is a guy that can talk to dead people ever since, like, something that happened. I won't give too much away, because it's pretty new still. 
something that happened as a child, as a child that like basically killed him and brought him back to life or whatever. So he's like the guy that can go in between and like talk to the dead people for people. And so like ghost town. Um. Yes, but this like ruined his life because like. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. So it's basically when we meet up with him in this movie, he's starting over again. Like, he doesn't tell people this anymore and blah, blah, blah. Um, there's a kid with a tin, or twin brother that dies suddenly when they're, like, out chilling out, chillaxing and all that. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that kind of screws him up pretty bad, actually. It's kind of sad. <laughs> like, I don't really care about kids, but, yeah, it's pretty bad. Is he and, a good kid actor, though? Because in the trailer, that was the one thing that kind of stuck stuck out. How, like, kid actors are terrible? Problem. Kid actors can definitely be terrible, and there's, yeah. like, one line in the trailer that bothered me. I'll, Which one was that? Where I didn't, it's like, you're him, you're that psychic. And I was like, alright, this sucks. This movie's not gonna be good. <laughs> like, it just, one word, one little phrase, and I was like, okay, I don't know about this movie anymore. Okay. In complete honesty, he... That's probably the most he says in a lot of it, because okay, he's so he's, just kind he's of really and... he's really messed up from this like thing that happens. Um, and we were talking, I think, three or four episodes ago now, like maybe uh-huh. the first one about that Cecile de France or whatever. Yeah, from Around the World in Eighty Days, and how she was kind of terrible in that movie. How right. did she do here? She's not bad in this one. She's. She can't fake cry. But oh. anyways, the movie opens up. I'm going to kind of go on a tangent a little bit here because of something important that happened. This movie opens up with a tsunami that she was involved in and kind of came really close to death mm-hmm. to the point where I think she actually died and then they brought her back. But like, yeah, anyways. Um, this movie came out in um, in your local video store there or on DVD or Blu-ray a few days after a giant tsunami hit Japan. Yeah. So seeing that was actually kind of, like, heartbreaking because, yeah, that's just a terrible thing, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they said something like they're going to donate proceeds from the sales of it to Tsunami Relief or whatever. That I'm pretty sure that story came up last week. Right. Yeah. Just a little side note. Um, yeah, so anyways, these three people, they all came close to death or, like, have had death kind of ruin their lives in some way or, like, make them see things a little differently. And they meet up, kind of. I don't know. I won't say they really meet up, but, like, something happens where they all kind of interact Like, somehow. the stories intertwine and stuff. Cause a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's one of these movies that, like, if you're not in the mood for a slow movie, you will hate it. Like, completely hate it. Because it is slow... It doesn't, it honestly doesn't feel like there's, this is going to sound really bad because I kind of like this movie quite a bit, but it doesn't feel like there's a reason to watch this movie, like, at all, because you don't really get anything out of it. There's no, like, crescendo, there's no, like, great thing that happens in the third act. Okay. It's just kind of like, hey, let's sit down and think about death for, like, two and a half hours. Two hours and it's, nine minutes. And not even, it, more than anything, I think it's a decent um, character study, but okay. I think it probably would have been more so for the actors than, like, it comes across to us, because it's, 
at the same time, it's kind of hard to care for most of these people. Maybe Matt Damon and the kid more, but like I can't, I couldn't care for the Cecile or De France or whatever person at all. She's yeah. actually kind of a terrible person in it. Oh, okay. But yeah, I don't know. As like for you working in a video store and people asking you, tell them that yeah, it's a good movie if you're not expecting anything out of it. Like, if they seem like the people that, like, are, want to rent this or The Expendables, you know it's not for them. Okay. Because right, you won't get enough. anything out of it. Hmm. Okay. Was this nominated for anything last year? Uh, Best Visual Effects for that tsunami. Yeah, I know. It definitely doesn't deserve that. Okay. Did it not look real or something? Or? No, it was really well done, but I mean, like, spoilers, first five minutes is that, and then that's it for visuals for the whole movie. Okay. There's no, like, weird otherworldly no. beyond death? No. Okay. The, okay, the, the beyond death thing is, like, a black room with, like, a distant far blue light and silhouettes of people. That's the Beyond okay. Death effect. Alright, that, that seems something kind of lo-fi. Yeah, from like the 40s or something. Okay. Um, hmm. There's no good way to transition to the next movie I saw, because it's anything but low-key and kind of quiet. Uh, it's called Hobo with a Shotgun. Oh my god, yes, we have to talk about this. It's an it's kind of a fantastic movie, and I like I tried I I had to review this one, and I tried kind of putting as many things that were praiseworthy in 500 words, but it's hard because it's so good. Is your um, uh, review up? No, not yet. I just uh, submitted it yesterday. I think it's like the movie doesn't come out until the 25th, which is I think when we can uh, publish it or whatever. March 25th here in Canada, anyway. It, it is a Canadian film, which is awesome. Uh, National Film Board, man. They they know how to finance some stuff. Darn right. Um, so th this movie, like, uh, there was a trailer that uh, was submitted into a contest like four years ago when Grindhouse was coming out. Um, it won, and then uh, that trailer was actually attached to the movie here in Canada, which is the first place I I saw it. I saw that trailer back when that was in theatrical release. Um, so then I've, I guess they got a deal to do a full film. They phoned up Rugger Hauer, apparently, and were like, hey, man, do you want to do this? And he was like, yeah, which is the best thing ever. <laughs> totally. I love Rugger Hauer. I know, and I haven't seen him in, like, forever. And him being here, he's, like, the best sport in the world. Like, this this movie's filthy and disgusting, and he totally just surfs on it, and it's great. How um, awesome for that dude, hey? That, like, just made a... Jason Eisner? Or yeah, yeah, whatever. He's the director, and that dude's cool, too. Uh, That's so care. awesome. You gotta feel, like, happy for people when stuff works out like that for them, where they're just doing a stupid little thing and it becomes, like, a full action movie with... Or a Grindhouse... Okay, I gotta ask, is this an actual Grindhouse movie? Because Grindhouse is... was not. You're right. Like, um, Grindhouse, uh, Machete, even the movie I quite enjoyed a while ago, um, which I ended up seeing again. Uh, Drive Angry is not really Grindhouse. Those are no, kind they're of riffing not. on Grindhouse, and they're like that. Hollywood versions of Grindhouse. Yeah, they're taking the absurdity and then kind of making like big movies out of it. This this movie totally actually reminds me of like the few Grindhouse -y kind of movies I've actually seen. Like uh, the one specifically is called Street Trash, which is this terrible movie from 1987. 
about like this weird box of like mysterious liquid that is discovered under the stairs in the liquor store, and it turns out it makes you melt. Um, that's kind of the story. <laughs> and horrible things happen. Uh, also prominently features homeless people, which is kind of furthering the connection between the two. Right. But uh, it it reminded me of that. Like it just looks grungy. The dialogue is totally trashy and disgusting. Uh, at some point, a dude, like, two guys, two brothers who work for this evil villain called Drake, um, they're, they're blasting some disco inferno. They light up a flamethrower and torch a school bus full of kids. Oh and my god, awful. yes. It is terrible, but it's That's kind of, Grindhouse right there, though. I know, it has to go so far that you're kind of disgusted and amazed at the same time. And this movie manages to pull that off. Um... And yeah, just horrible, grisly violence happens throughout. And the soundtrack is kind of amazing. And I, I mentioned it in the review, and I want to just uh, like highlight some stuff about it. Um, there's kind of this, this really cheesy, kind of super optimistic theme that kind of accompanies Rugger Hauer. Uh, he's just known as the hobo throughout the whole movie. He never has a right. name. And uh, it kind of just follows him around. It's really so cheesy. It's perfect. Um... And then later in the movie, uh, there's this pair of assassin dudes who are basically like, I don't know how to describe them other than like evil Daft Punk or something. They're like robotic type dudes. Are they French? Um, no, I, I, they're kind of bikery looking guys, but I, it's just a duo of cyborgy kind of dudes that uh, one of them talks in like this rumbly synth voice that is indece- indecipherable, and the other one just kind of has a weird, like, uh, distorted voice thing. And they just kind of roll around. And the, ama- like, amazing John Carpenter-style synth stuff kind of accompanies them nice. that are going around. Um, there's this great extended kind of action scene in this hospital that uh, is pretty amazing. Like, the music's amazing, and then everything around the, the two dudes. Uh, did I say they're called The Plague? No, the that's name. amazing, and it makes me yeah. think of Hackers. They're called the plague, and uh, they have this like this awesome little things are kind of just alluded to, but never really fully explained. Like they have like this weird code, like if one of them is defeated, whoever defeated them has to join their ranks and stuff. And it's it's I don't know. They pack a lot of fun, corny, cheesy ideas in there. Uh, the Drake basically reminded me of that game show host guy from The Running Man. Okay. Yep. Um. Except there's no cameras or anything, so he'll just like start causing havoc and mayhem in the streets just for whoever's around, which is kind of great. Like it's just like prepare for the big show. We're gonna kill this guy just for your amusement, and like there's like thirty people standing around. Okay, so I have terrible. I have a question about some logistic things okay. in this movie. Have you ever gone shooting before? What do you mean shooting? Like shooting, like weapons, just like shooting stuff. I grew up on a farm and I fired firearms. But, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Okay. So like, he's a hobo, right? And he has a shotgun, yeah. obviously. First oh, of okay. all, yeah, ammo is not necessary. Shotgun shells are cheap, but like mm-hmm. for a hobo that probably has a hard time finding sandwich scraps, how would he yeah. get enough ammo to do all this stuff? Ah. Uh... Well, okay, the movie, like, he arrives in town, and he wants to buy a lawnmower, um, so he can start a business, but instead, like, there's so much crime and stuff, so he decides to buy a shotgun instead. Um, So he's a vigilante for hire, then. 
Well, not no. It's a it's a matter of principle, man. Like he's oh, got to stand okay. up for something and clean up the streets because nobody else will. Like the cops, cops are corrupt and everything. You know. Oh wow. Yeah. No okay. one's gonna do anything unless he does. Um, and the movie kind of gets around the ammo issue by just kind of him having infinite ammo all the time. <laughs> like he literally picks the shotgun up off a store wall and then just starts shooting. So I guess it was just fully loaded, <laughs> like right right out there on the sales floor, which is terrible. But that's pretty awesome. Really but you know what? That's Grindhouse right there too. You see him reloading a couple times, so I guess at some point he picks up a good a, a bunch of ammo somehow. But whatever, he spends his lot more money on the shotgun and whatever ammo he can get. I guess. And I guess in theory, though, if you pick up a shotgun from the store, you could rob that store for all the shells you need. No, he's a he's an honorable hobo, so he wouldn't do that. As most um, are, I'm sure. Well. I hope so. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, fantastic stuff for for people who like actual grindhouse stuff. This is a must see for people who like neo kind of grindhouse stuff, like the recent movies we talked about. I don't know how you're gonna like it because it's it's way grungier and like it's obviously low budget, but it makes the most of it, and it kind right. of helps out a lot. Like. It literally could play at, like, a late-night showing alongside some other old stuff, and you kind of wouldn't be able to tell the difference unless you thought about how old Rudger Hauer is. That's the only thing that portrays it. And I guess Ricky from Trailer Park Boys is in it. So this comes out when? This week or next week? Uh, this week, on the 25th. And on the 25th. I, I, if I can get some like-minded people, I might just go see it again. Cause it's, I will it's totally cool, go man. with you. But anyways... I haven't bef- given... Yeah, I haven't given the movie any money, really, because I got a free press screening, so I want to support it. It's it's cool. For sure. Before we go any further, where could people find your review if they wanted to? Oh, it's at uh, beatroot.ca, which is B-E-A-T-R-O-U-T-E. So, yeah. And for Calgary locals, uh, check your local uh, watering hole for a copy of Beatroot. Sounds there. good. But, yeah. Um... So yeah, I, I saw Hobo's Shotgun. Uh, what was what was next on yours? That was only one. Then you have I know. Alright, fine. I watched a movie called Happy Endings um, because Steve Coogan's in it. And he's in it. And How is it? It's not that great. It's kind of one of those um, mosaic, like multiple characters living their lives and they kind of intertwine and through relationships and stuff. Um... Steve Coogan plays the, uh, the what is it, the gay stepbrother of Lisa Kudrow's character, um, who was impregnated by him when they were teenagers, like decades ago. Like there, there's all complications and stuff. Like it's kind of, uh, I don't know what to compare it to. Like it's trying to be like a Little Children in American Beauty kind of thing, but it's it's not as good because it's kind of got a weird comic-y sense to it that doesn't always work. Like, the first bunch of the movie I found kind of annoying because it just keeps, like, invading the screen with text explaining what's going on or what's going to happen in a kind of nod, wink kind of way, which I didn't find especially amusing for some reason. But uh, there's some okay stuff in it. Yeah, there's a few reasons I didn't want to see this movie. One is Mm -hmm. Lisa Kudrow. Second is Jason Ritter, and third is Tom Arnold. I kind of like Tom Arnold because of True Lies, so, you know, he's in my good books now. Um, okay, then. 
What do do you see True Lies? Because yeah, know. no, it's really good. Yeah, and he's pretty funny, right? Yeah, he's not bad. Yeah, so I guess just because of that positive association. But for every um, True Lies, there's a the stupids. Oh yeah, no, like he's certainly been in some bad films. Um, he's okay here, I guess. He's kind of just a low key. He's a dad to this uh troubled young dude who's in a band. I, I don't really want to get into the plot complications. It's I didn't, you know, regret spending the time, I guess, but, uh, yeah, it's it's nothing exceptional. I kind of just, I really wish, I hope Steve Coogan gets into some awesome stuff, you know, like quality yeah. directors go like, hey, this British guy is really good, and that'll happen someday. But until then, I'm just going to have to keep watching all these films, so whatever. I'm still on yeah. the hunt for a couple other ones. But, uh, yeah, not not much to say. Uh, Lisa As, Kudrow, surprisingly, not that bad. She was okay in this movie. And we'll talk a bit okay about it later, I guess, but the hunt for Coogan has made you go dark places. Yes. Yes, it has. This week, especially. But, um, alright. What, what's next for you? Uh, the next one was The Fighter. A movie I was wanting to see last year, couldn't find people, and then kind of forgot about it and didn't care. I really, mm-hmm. I really wish I had seen it last year. That's a really good movie. Um, I don't know, like, Melissa Leo is okay in it, I'm going back to the Oscar nominees here, for, mm-hmm. uh, Best Actress, or not Actress, Supporting, supporting actress. actress, yeah. She's okay, Amy Adams blows her out of the water in that role, like, she's really good. Well, her character's a lot more likable, obviously, but, yeah, I guess so, I, I could go either way, kind of, but, okay. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. That's a really good movie. It's um, I mean, kind it's, of a it's rocky. boxing movie though. Yeah, yeah. Like it follows uh, most of the pattern. I don't expect. know if Christian Bale at all is like best supporting actor role here. I mean, he does good, but I don't know. I didn't see it. I don't know why people even considered it. But okay, I thought he was quite extraordinary. But um. More importantly, I didn't really mind Mark Wahlberg in, like, a serious role, which is pretty cool, because I usually think he's pretty terrible at acting. Yeah. Okay. They probably just told... They probably just gave him a copy of, like, Rocky and said, this is the role you're gonna be. Apparently he was really committed to this story and this role for quite some time. Like, he was training for years to bulk up enough and stuff. But, uh... Well, it worked. He looks scary. Big guy. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, I I don't know. I don't have, like, David Russell's direction, I guess. Did he look sharp or whatever? I thought so. But... Sorry, what was that? His direction what? Like, sharp-looking movie, would you agree? Or... Yeah, no, definitely. It has a certain, inf- like, atmosphere to it that it stays true to. It's really well done. Hmm. Um, like, I like the whole thing fine. with I just, I uh, Dickie in the jail or whatever. That's kind of sad. That like, I don't know when they're lo- watching the video of his life that he thought was like his HBO special. Oh right. Yeah, I don't know. That was pretty tough. Like that was kind of heartbreaking. But like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's one of those movies, you know. It's a boxing movie. If you've seen Rocky, you've seen this. The underdog goes up 
and rank or whatever. I don't know. Like, it's just one of those. But it's well done, so I would definitely recommend that one. Okay. Um, a movie I wouldn't recommend anyone see ever for any reason is Battle Los Angeles. Um, yeah, that movie doesn't look good, though. I, uh, it, it, it tricked me because I was like, hey, there's going to be guns and aliens, so... But it also has Michelle be- Rodriguez. Barely, and I don't hate Michelle Rodriguez. She's, I don't know, she's basically uh, Vasquez from Aliens Reborn as an actress, you know, Spanish. And, like, everything. She talks tough. Yeah. Um, she, she shows up, like, partway through the proceedings, so you don't even get that much of her. Thing, this movie has way too many characters, though. Like, there's, like, ten people in it. You care about none of them. Uh, and also the aliens are basically just terrorists, from space, like they, they're they're not developed at all. They have the worst technology ever. Um, like they're basically just firing bullets at the army people to the point where I was just kind of bored the entire movie. I'm just it gonna was... go ahead and say that was a racist comment. Which one, Mexico? No, Span Spanish terrorists. Yeah, that aliens are terrorists from space. Why all aliens are? I guess, but these aliens are, and they're boring because of it. Like, they they literally just show up, and they just start firing bullets at people. That's their big plan, I guess. And they, I think they're stealing <laughs> firing the water. bullets, huh? They're bullets! They're, it was lame! And then, like, at one point in the movie, everyone's like, holy crap, what is that? And you're just kind of like, okay, finally, something big and crazy. And then it turns around, and it's just like, no, it's, it's like the aliens have an M40. They're going to start shooting at you with their turret. Oh my and god, that's like, amazing. Really? Like I was That's so hilarious. But it's on like bipedal legs, so then at one point they're just like, Oh, we should probably shoot its kneecaps and then they do and it falls over. Like, most underwhelming action scenes ever. Like throughout it the Sounds kind of movie. like a video game in movie form. It was lit- yeah, it totally reminded me of just like Which is Call not of Duty. good. Yeah, it it was Call of Duty, but they're shooting aliens and the story is even less interesting. Like Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two at least was like, Hey, you know what movie's awesome? The Rock. Let's crib a bunch of stuff from that. And to Whereas be fair, they're be... both about the same amount of to get through it. Wow, like what, four hours? Like maybe three, if you're good. Yeah, I guess if you're good. I I, I took longer, but yeah, the longest two hours ever though. Like at like the eighty minute mark, probably. Like I had to check with Ryan, my my buddy. Like, hey, what time is it? Is this almost over? And it was like, nope. There's still like forty minutes left, and then like. Oh man, just soulless, horrible, terrible movie. Totally fell for it though. I was like, "Oh man, this is gonna be sick," and it totally wasn't. So, oh. anyway, um, yeah, just word of warning, I guess. It's kind of too late because that movie already made most of its money in its first weekend. But who did that one? Who directed Nobody. it? Nobody. Some some terrible person who sucks at filmmaking. Um, let me just. That's not an answer. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry to whoever hack made it. Like, this is the thing. Like, this movie kind of reminded me of, like, just how much fun Independence Day is and how this movie isn't that at all. Because that movie's stupid, but it knows it is and has fun. Whereas this movie is trying to be serious for some reason, and it's awful. Like, yeah. Uh, Jonathan Liebsman, who. Oh, he did Darkness Falls. And the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning. So, uh, yeah, great. Um, he should probably stop. I don't know. <laughs> That's, it's bad. It's really bad. 
Um, like, the fact that critics, like, anyone gave it any kind of pass, like, it's at, like, 30-something percent, that's way too generous. It's it's a really, really, really bad movie. Then I watched Monsters, which um, is another alien movie. We talked about a little bit last week. Yeah, I don't, I, like, it's impressive for the budget and stuff, but I kind of didn't find it as engaging as I was hoping to. Um, no? Yeah, like, yeah, I, I don't know. Some... Like, engaging is definitely not the word I would use to describe it at all. I, I don't know. I just thought it was well done. Like, effects-wise and stuff? Because if so, definitely. But uh, Effects-wise... Um... The story I found, like, I didn't know it was mainly about two people kind of falling in love on this weird road trip, <laughs> basically. This weird road trip? I love it. Yeah, through, like, the road trip happens to be through alien-infested parts of Mexico or whatever. Right, just well, trying to get back home. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't realize it was going to be that kind of character focused, which was it's fine. You know, that's totally a thing movies ought to have is characters with relationships and things. Unlike, but um, I thought the focus would be more on like, yo, what are these aliens all about? Where they're kind of just a thing that happens. A kind of cool elliptical like fold around ending, I guess, with the beginning. Yeah. But uh. Yeah. What did you I, think I, of the, like, actual ending? Like, the last few frames there? A lot of people the, seem to be in an uproar about it. Like, being annoying or not good? Or how it... They're, how they say it just, like, cuts away. Cause oh, it, I like, kinda like it, cause of I, I kind of like it. Because I like the being, scene that led up to it, too. Uh, it's yeah. kind of the best showcasing of the weird uh, octopus-like alien creatures. Um... Which were cool, like the, the well-designed aliens, as opposed to Battle of Los Angeles's super bland, basically dudes with weird costumes. Like these were full-on, like yo, no, that thing is not normal. That is a giant octopus thing walking around. Um, so yeah, so it's a better movie, but it, it, the main thing though that stands out, like I kind of want to pick it up and like check the commentary or something, just to kind of get a sense of how such a low-budget movie was made. Because it literally costs like twenty five grand or something, which is pretty impressive. Like it, it, it's a pretty impressive like achievement. I just didn't find it as engaging of a story and movie and stuff as I was hoping for. But I still think it's pretty good. But anyway, right? Did you have any other thoughts on it? Like from last week, thinking back on it? Or? Yeah, no. Um, I can't remember a lot of stuff that happened, and I just remember certain key points. I don't know. I really like that movie. Okay. I think That's that fair. would be a good $10 buy. Okay. Um, that, fair enough. I mean, I, I, I was kind of more intrigued by the story behind it than the actual movie, but it's 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 alright. What was next on your list? Um, one I kind of don't want to talk about, but I will. Um, no, spill it. A, what was it? It's a pretty terrible movie. Alright, well, I uh, probably got you beat with the terrible movie. I don't know. This one we might have to have, like, a face-off with or something. Like, you might have to watch this and I'll watch yours. Um, I watched 1997's The Pest. The Pest? Okay. Have you seen this movie? No idea what you're talking about. I'm looking okay. it up right now. I'll oh, give John you a little... Leguizamo? Yeah, I'll give you a little backstory. 1997, I was... Like, how old was I then? 11 years old, I guess? Maybe 12? Uh, I thought it was hilarious. That's okay. the backstory. Twelve years old, I think it's funny. Okay? Uh-huh. I am now on the cusp of 25. 
this is the stupidest piece of crap movie I have ever seen in my life, and I want to strangle me as a child. Um, that that tends it, to happen. Like, don't revisit past loves. It's but see, I didn't love it off. as a kid. The reason I put it on is because it's on Netflix, and I was cleaning up, and I wanted. To, I I can't stand silence. Like, I don't like things being quiet. I need to have noise while I'm uh-huh. doing stuff. So this was like just kind of there, and I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll do this while I clean up my living room. And I ended up actually finishing it, which was another mistake. But anyways, this makes me realize that I probably hate John Leguizamo or whatever, just because of yeah. this movie. Like, it's What's just... it about? Because, like, the plot description he, here is just kind of weird. He plays a guy named Pistario Vargas, a.k.a. Pest, and uh-huh. it's him being an asshole the whole time. He's being... But not like the jerk, which was funny. He's just being an annoying piece of crap, and you just okay. want to kill him. You want to like rip him apart. He's just terrible. Anyways, the idea is he's a con man or whatever, and um, he's in trouble with the Scottish mafia, I guess. Scottish, Irish, Scottish. I'm gonna probably... here. I'll check. I think it's Scottish because they talk about Sean Connery. Yeah, yeah. Scottish mob and a German headhunter. Right. So. It's... <laughs> yeah, but there you go. That's all you need to know. Um, no, anyways, he owes them $50,000, and this German headhunter hunts people, and he said, yeah, I'll give you $50,000 if you can survive 24 hours, or whatever. And, yeah, that's the whole story. He's just an annoying piece of crap the whole time. Um, so I not, would recommend anybody wanting... To like get an idea of what this movie's like, watch the first five minutes. If you can stand it, you can stomach the whole movie. If not, don't do yourself a favor, turn it off and forget this happened. Okay. Because like, the first five movies are terrible. It's him singing in the shower, and the th- uh, theme he's singing to like was written for the song. It's like a, an old '90s kind of like hip hop beat, mm-hmm. so it has that like boom, boom, boom bass line and stuff like that, and Anyways, that plays literally throughout the whole movie. Like, not in a row, but every time there has to be music, it's the pest theme. Okay. Like, everything about it is just bad. Okay, uh, wait, so if I liked Luigi in uh, the Mario Brothers movie, will I will I enjoy his take on the pest? <laughs> if, you, if you liked Luigi, you've yeah. seen him... You, that's him acting miles around what he had to do for the past. Oh, okay. He is Clint Eastwood as Luigi in comparison to this role. He is, this is the stupidest role ever. It's him being the most obnoxious person in the world to the point where it's just irritating. And, like, as okay. a kid, it's hilarious because it's like, hey, he does, like, poop jokes and stuff like that, and he does funny voices and faces. Growing up, it's just like, wow, I want to kill him. This is the reason why humanity is going into decline and we're all going to be the idiots in 500 years at Idiocracy shows. Okay. So, right, so yeah, I don't, don't know. Don't check it, it out. Yeah, rent I'm checking it. out the director, Paul Miller. I guess he's like a TV guy, primarily. Anyway. Alright, so don't don't see that. I, I, I don't know. I'm intrigued, maybe a little bit, but I'll try your five-minute test, maybe. Yeah, the first the first five minutes where it actually shows him on screen because I think the first like three minutes of those five minutes is just like setting up shots. Okay. Um. 
I saw a documentary, which is just totally changing gears. Uh, it's a documentary about overfishing called The End of the Line. Right, yep. Um, and it's pretty interesting. Uh, a lot of just kind of global concerns I was not really aware of, um, such as uh, you can buy, like, super endangered fish at your local supermarket, and it's true, because I went down to Safeway and checked some tuna cans, and I was like, oh, man, this is terrible. Uh, it is delicious, though. Don't eat it. But there's other tuna that's literally, indis- like, you can't distinguish them because, you know, we're, you can't. I, I, I defy anyone who can distinguish between yellowfin tuna and, like, normal Atlantic tuna or whatever. I'm going to go out there and say I didn't even know there was more than one type of tuna. Yeah, there's a bunch. Um, And some of the labeling on cans and stuff doesn't really distinguish, like, what what's in there, which is kind of of some concern as well. But anyway, um, so, yeah, super straightforward documentary, like, just a bunch of dudes who know their stuff talking, like, marine biologists and stuff, professors, uh, Ted Danson narrates it, so if you're a big, uh, Cheers fan, you know, you should probably check it out. No, but I did um, love Becker. Okay, well... Becker was, like, the family-friendly house. There you go. So, you might want to check this out, too, you get to hear, um, him talk about, uh, serious global problems with fishing. So I have a quick question. Yeah. You said this mm-hmm. is a documentary. Yep. Okay, there's kind of two types of documentaries I usually, like, get, uh, how I distinguish them. Is this okay. a thought-provoking one or a preachy one? Okay. Um, I th- okay. The My distinguishes are usually, like, super pessimistic or optimistic. You know what I mean? Like, Optimistic like, is thought-provoking, though, and pessimistic Okay, sure. Is I would call this a thought-provoking one, because it actually gives you, like, tips to turn things around. Like, it's Whereas kind of Michael Moore is nothing but, like, preachy. Yeah, no, it's it's not. It's, it's, uh, it's literally just giving you information. Like, there's no real agenda behind it other than, yo, we probably shouldn't destroy the ocean, you think? Yeah, kind hey, of thing. Like, can, can I give you a little recommendation just while we're kind of on the topic? Okay. Food Inc. Check it out. Okay. I've heard, I've heard people have mentioned that. I tried watching The Corporation a couple of weeks ago, and it's just depressing. Like, the first 40 minutes is just like a series of punches in the face, and I was just like, I don't want to, I don't care anymore. Just yeah. leave me alone. Uh, this movie, like, it kind of does punch you with some pretty harsh realities for the first, like, bit, but then the last half hour is just a bunch of, like, practical ways to help out. And I totally took that to heart and sent some emails to Safeway and stuff and whatever, so. World change, man. I don't know. It, I felt good after watching it. Like, I just felt like a better informed person. And see, that's a so, good documentary right there. When you feel like crap after, that's a bad one. Yeah, so I, I would qualify this as a good documentary. for that You know what they need to do more with documentaries is they need to do follow-up documentaries. It's like, like yo, it's remember like, all this hey, stuff we, actually... we talked about in 2009? Well, guess what? Uh-huh. It's like this now. I think that would be awesome. Like, just a sequel or something? Like, no, seriously, stop. Like, it's it's worse now. Like, like every like, five hey, or ten years, they do a sequel to, like, a popular documentary. It's like, things have gotten a little bit better, but this is happening now with this. Hmm. That's something I can I get guess behind. So, yeah. Some of my favorite documentaries are just about frivolous subjects, like Exit, Exit, uh... From the gift shop? What was it called? King of Kong. Yeah, King of Kong. That was the exit other through like the gift shop? That, that, exit through the gift shop, that's it. Like, ones that just kind of don't matter. Like, yo, street art, Donkey Kong, I don't know. 
you're just like, yeah, all right, this is something I can get behind. Cause it's easier to swallow. Yeah, it 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 doesn't really affect your day to day. Um, and I'm not a big fish consumer, I guess, but I I have a cat, and cats like fish, so it's kind of prompted me to look into some of that stuff too. You kind of blew my mind just now. What the cats like fish? That like I never even thought about like the fish they probably put in cat food. Yeah, I was checking the labels, and it's super vague. It's just like ocean fish, and you're just like, okay, are they endangered fish or what? I don't know. Like I'm gonna blow really... your mind now. Okay. What if what if your cat was a, uh, allergic to a certain kind of tuna? And then it's like ocean I... fish. Like, wouldn't that be terrible? I guess. Just like, what if He's... cats are allergic to some stuff, and you're just like, wow, some I really wish. Others, yeah, I really so wish you would be more specific. Just generic fish food would contain like some octopus or something. Well, like how you people like can be have celiac disease and can't eat gluten, so you can get gluten free stuff that is like the same thing only a little different, or like stuff yeah. without peanuts or nuts or something. Like, what if I'm cats are like that of... too? My cat having any allergies. I know he doesn't like salmon, though. Which, alright. That's nuts, that. man. Salmon is awesome. Yeah, he he won't have it, though. He's just like, nah. But anyway, we're not even talking about movies anymore. We're just talking about cat food. Um, I could so talk I'm about cat mention... food all day. Okay, like, did, like, do you have a cat? Or... I have... Yes, I have a cat, and I have a cat at my parents' house, but... Okay. He's gonna die. Do you go with like the so. dry food or like the wet kind of cans of food? Cause I go I with the dry food when I go um, shopping for like my own food because you All can right. get that stuff dirt cheap and a lot of it. However, when he runs out and like I have food, I'll go down to the corner store and just buy like a week's worth of wet food. Okay. I try not um, to do the wet food because I find it makes his uh, stomach, his digestion a little weird, and he stinks, like his fur smells weird. Huh, okay. And it's kind of weird. oily after, too. Where's my cat? Like, we've had problems switching him to dry food, so he just, he'll throw up a lot and stuff, so we just switch back to wet stuff. Right. He like stew and turkey, apparently, though, so. He's finicky. I, I don't know. Yeah, mine is, too. Uh, does your cat do the thing where they, like, pull the food out with their paw and then eat it on the ground? Not usually. He he's done that like once or twice. We should really stop talking about cats though. Um, it's gone on a bit. Okay. Um, I watched Eric Brockovich. I don't know. It's okay. Uh, what what was next on your list? <laughs> I don't know. It's okay. <laughs> I like Albert Finney is probably my favorite part of it. Uh, and Aaron Ar- Aaron Eckhart actually. Uh, good contrast to Battle of Los Angeles where he's bland and totally awful. Uh, he's actually I forgot he was in this movie. He plays like the kind biker neighbor guy next door slash boyfriend, and he's super charming, and you're just like, oh, right, that's why people like you, including me, yeah. because you can do that if, you know, someone writes a character for you. Um, right. Julie Roberts, though, like, I have limited tolerance, and she's just super, you know, firecracker, super strong. That's one of her better, better roles, though, like, as an actress. Yeah, it's, an, it's a pretty good movie. There's a couple scenes that have just some really eye-rolling dialogue in it, but, um... Overall, totally fine, conventional, uh, straightforward story done by Mr. Soderbergh, so... Yeah, but I mean, yeah, you should probably just go with Michael Clayton. For a... For that, like, whole corporate espionage type thing. Oh, I guess, but, like, this one's way more, you know, uplifting and straightforward and 
just kind of like little guy, you know, Dave vs. Goliath, that kind of legal battle. Yeah. The, I, yeah, this the, the corporate side of it is way more friendly in this movie. Like, it's a threatening phone call or something. Not like two weird dudes show up at your door, and guess what? They're injecting some poison in between your toes, and that's it. Spoilers. Um, that <laughs> scene was awesome, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it was. That, oh, it's so sad. Yeah, that, I don't know. That movie's cold and kind of awesome. But anyway, Michael Clayton, I'll, we'll watch it sometime again. I think we've discussed it on this podcast at some point, right? We have, because of our love for Clooney. Yeah, but anyway, what, what's next for you? Um, next on my list was another throwaway movie from, I think, the 90s, maybe really early 2000s, was Road Trip. I'm sure you've probably seen this one. I have not, Maybe. but uh, it's kind of come up lately because of Mr. Todd Phillips' uh, current popularity. So, yeah. His current popularity. Uh, he's the hangover. like with the Hangover. Yeah, and Hangover right. Two and Due Date and stuff. Like, and he's Due Date happening right now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I remember you saying something that you really like Amy Smart. Is that you? I don't think so, but she was in uh, Crank, right? Yeah, so, she's okay. No, like, but not, I, I not really like, as in like that. she's great or anything. That you thought she's cute or something. I don't think that was yeah. me. Maybe that wasn't you. Anyways, yeah, I don't know. If she's in it. Sean William Scott's in it. Brecken Meyer, Tom Green. Um, I mean, yeah, that's how old this movie is. Tom Green was still doing stuff. Uh, that DJ kid, Qualls. Yeah, from yeah. um, the new guy. That was actually a pretty good movie. The new guy. Just saying. Uh, Andy Dick's in it in one part, which is really weird. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a feel-good movie, I guess, kind of, where Brecken Meyer's character and his girlfriend, played by Rachel Bl- Blanchard, I guess? Blanchard? Okay. Uh, the Clueless TV show fame? No? Anyways. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking at it on IMDb. Uh, Six on a Plane Flame. Come on. Yeah, I think she'd probably be more famous from Clueless TV show. She played Mercedes. I, I Anyways, I yeah, remember. they, like, grew up together and, like, were going out and stuff like that. Then they go to separate colleges across the states. And something happens where, like, he sends a sex tape accidentally to her. So they got to do a road trip with the buddies and, like, all go and get it intercepted. That's the whole story. So, yeah, it's just one of those things where a bunch of people have stuff happen to them and funny situations that it's forgettable but while you're watching it it's kind of a good laughs here and there i don't know it's so like sex drive right exactly or like euro trip okay i'm pretty sure is probably the spiritual sequel if not the just complete flat out sequel to this movie okay fair enough um okay uh I kind of broke chronological order to bring up Aaron Brockovich because I wanted to keep this thematic. Um, I watched some Eddie Murphy stuff as well in light of Raw and things. Uh, okay. First 48 hours, which was not what I thought it would be because I thought it was going to be like more comedy, but it's more action than I was prepared for, which was kind of weird. Um, but yeah, largely regarded as like the first buddy cop movie. Uh, Nick Nolte and uh, Eddie Murphy team up to fight some pretty nefarious killers. Like, there's these two dudes who 
kind of murder a lot of people in the first bit of this movie, which I was not ready for at all. Um, and I don't know. It, they, they stop them, you know. Don't mean to spoil things, but uh, they figure it out. And, uh, yeah. Thanks for spoiling a 30-year-old movie. I know. I'm sorry. Um, and then I watched The Golden Child, which, yeah. I've never even heard of that. It was apparently a pretty big box office hit in, like, the mid-80s, and it is super 80s, like, all over the place. The soundtrack, um, just kind of the premise and what's going on and stuff, like, it's, it's ridiculous. Have you seen Last Action Hero? Of course. Okay, you know the the bad guy in that, Charles Dance, he's got, like, the glass eye? Um, just trying to, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, I do. Like that that's that's who I think of whenever I think of Charles Dance. He's the bad guy in this movie. He's like this weird sorcerer type guy who secretly turns out to be a demon. And um he's there, also uh, ki- Clemens in Alien 3 just as a Yeah, yeah, you're right. And he's going to be in the upcoming uh Your Highness with Danny McBride. So check that out. Um but anyway, uh he he's okay as just a super ridiculous villain guy. Um, the story is, there's this little kid who has, like, super healing powers, uh, gets kidnapped, and for some reason ends up in Eddie Murphy's neck of the woods in, like, New York or something, and he's an expert child, like, abductee detective guy, um, who gets hired by this, like, supermodel or whatever to save, to save the kid, and he does, and it's ridiculous. It's yeah. It's not a good movie, really, but I was kind of thoroughly amused by just how stupid it is in a way that you can't really get away with anymore. But anyway, that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, I don't know. Eddie Murphy had his time. I don't think he should be doing stuff anymore. I I don't know. I if he if he was to really focus his his skills and get back that enthusiasm for Then he would be again. funny for 12-year-olds and not our age. No, no, I think he has what it takes to become a salty, like, late, late, later age actor, you know? I'm like, telling like you, dude, that's now. his brother. He's all know, about the I kids. Saw, I was checking up Charlie Murphy, and he was like, oh, hey, co-writer on Norbit. Great. I'm yeah, he probably confidence. just, he probably, like, came up with a name for something, and he probably got credited. I bet it hurts him. <sighs> I don't know, but okay. I I don't hate Mr. Murphy, but I to be fair, I've never seen Norbit or like the Nutty Professor stuff. The clumps stuff. stuff. Yeah, I didn't I didn't watch those. But um, he got, I don't he's got to throw out that fat suit. Like yeah, I choose to believe yeah. in Eddie Murphy. I think he'll 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 be back. He'll be back. Come on. Uh, I mean, that's fair. I believe in everything Kevin Smith does, so, I mean, which one of us is more naive? Looking back on, like, his early career stuff, too, dude was, like, crazy young when he started. He was, like, 21 in uh, 48 Hours, which is, I don't know, it's awesome. And, uh, yeah, anyway, Eddie Murphy, guys, he he used to be cool, and I'm, I'm pretty sure he will be again. I haven't seen Meet Dave either, but anyway. Yeah, me either. What's next for you? Uh, we were talking a little bit last week about Charlie Sheen. Well, two weeks ago, I guess now, maybe. Anyways, yeah. Um, I watched The Arrival because I found it for five ninety nine on Blu-ray. Nice. And where'd you, that where'd you score that? That's Future Shop in one of those bins. 
actually, right after we were talking about it, I went to go see if there was any movies out, and I saw that there. It's like, what are the uh, odds? So I grabbed it. I gotta go pick that up. That that movie's great, huh? Yeah, that movie's really good. I had seen some of it before, I guess, because I remember parts of it, but like I never saw the whole thing, and I was a kid back then. Um, I don't know what to say about that movie. It's it, it's kind of slow paced, but like not. Like <clears throat> it's got a the, decent kind of mystery. It has a good pace it. going to it. Yeah, it's more like a film noir with aliens. Yeah. I don't know. I like. I thought it held up pretty good too, like visually and stuff, because they don't really bank too hard on special effects. So there, there's a couple moments where you're like, well, That's pretty much all about half an hour from the end mm-hmm. is like all the special effects in that movie. And their legs bend backwards, so you know they're aliens. Yeah, that bothers me. Just because <laughs> okay. I think like if I was like if that happened to me, that would hurt a lot. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying, though, with uh, the Gordon Freeman stuff? Zane? Well, I mean, he is Gordon Freeman. Exactly. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, he's got the beard. He's got the glasses. He's, you know, science He's a free man. And aliens. Pretty much. I I don't know. Overlooked movie. Really? Yeah. Actually, you know what? I completely agree with you. It is really overlooked. Um, I think we should probably call this the Tiger Blood Edition of Movie Monks. Okay, like just like, hey, Charlie Sheen used to be cool. Check out this movie, kind of thing, or what? Sure, why not? I just wanted to say Tiger's Blood somehow. Okay, I'm after seeing like I've I've been over overexposed to Charlie Sheen's current wave of crazy though, so I'm I'm not following him on Twitter anymore. I watched like one of his videos and it just creeped me out because dude looks crazy right now, like unhealthy. So right, but like to be fair, was he ever not crazy? I don't know anymore, but he seemed to have it together in the arrival, right? Right? Well, I mean, he's acting. Yeah, I guess. We don't know that, like, they didn't say cut, and then he would go, like, on the alien head they have and, like, do a line of coke or something. Who knows? I I guess he's been off and on problems forever. I just didn't really see that. But see, I don't really understand that, because, like, didn't he grow up in Beverly Hills and, like, his... with money and stuff, like... It's hard to feel sympathetic for him at all. Oh, no, yeah. it's. I think it's hilarious, yeah. some of the shit he says, but, like, I don't know. He's getting more attention than he deserves right now. He should have got more attention for the arrival. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I think we can both officially endorse that movie as pretty darn awesome. And, interesting, I, I gotta go check out picking up a copy, because it's a little more than that on Amazon. So, yeah. Yeah, if I see it again... I'll let you know. Okay. Um, I are you familiar with Mr. Stephen King, the uh, author? And... Yeah, he's actually one of. Growing up, he was one of my favorite and most read authors, and he does really good. Well, he did some good movies. Well, kind of, they did good adaptations. Of okay. Some of his stuff. Anyways, go on. I saw like two related to him, and one I would say was pretty good. And one was kind of just not great and kind of bad. Uh, I watched Creepshow, which is another kind of collection yes. of short movies. Yep. Um, I guess I would say the I original? really liked... Yeah, the first one, 1982 or whatever. Um, I really liked two of the sketches, I guess. Like, two of the two of the short films. Um, which ones? One of them was... Uh, I, 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 
yeah, I guess I'll just get into it. Um, the one with Leslie Nielsen and Ted Danson was yep. pretty awesome. Like, yep. uh, it's just like jealous husband guy figures out like this truly diabolical way to kill both of them. Like, it just bothered me how perfectly like how malicious that was. He he buries them up to their necks in sand and lets the tide do their do its thing. Before That's we go awesome. on a little a little more with this, I gotta ask mm-hmm. you a quick question. Uh first okay. of all, are you really into horror at all? Not exactly. I've been watching some stuff lately, but uh Right. Okay. So like when you see Creep Show, like have you seen Creep Show too, maybe at all? No, no. Okay, when you see the cover for Creep Show, like, do you think it's gonna be cheesy at all? Yeah, kind of. Okay, were you like surprised that it's not really cheesy? It's actually kind of like, mm. I don't know, creepy. Some of the stuff they do. The, yeah. Like disturbing. The, the one that best kind of uh, did that for me was probably the one with Hal Hallbrook. Like it's called right. the Crate or whatever. Yeah. Which, like, initially I was like, oh, whatever, this is just stupid monster or whatever in a in a box, which it totally is. It's, like, just a really straightforward, yo, it's a monster movie. But something about it was a little creepy, in, in a way, which I found quite exhilarating, because I wasn't... I found that with, like, most of them, though. Uh, the first one I just thought was dumb. Like, it's, uh, this is kind of zombie dude comes back and bothers his family, and... It it just was kind of too jokey, and the second one actually was pretty jokey too, where Stephen King himself uh, finds this meteor that makes plants grow everywhere, including his body. Oh no! And then he's covered in plants. Like that that was just didn't do anything really, um, personally. But the next two, yeah, were pretty pretty good um, for hitting that kind of middle ground between creepy and kind of just funny, like very reminiscent or well. It was it's weird cuz it came before Tales from the Crypt the show but it was kind of inspired by the comic books. You yeah. Know? So it has a very similar kind of vibe to it. Um but probably a little less corny than that stuff. Um though though it still has some kind of dumb ending stuff. Like the the one with Leslie Nielsen I really liked but then the ending is just kind of silly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, I get you. But, no, yeah, like, I I was more creeped out than I was expecting to from this movie, especially with the Hal Holbrook monster thing, because it kind of does some neat stuff with that. Like, he basically makes the best of a really weird situation to play into his own evil scheme, um, which was kind of awesome. Uh, the last one with the bugs, I mean, bugs are really gross, so that was pretty gross. Right. I love that but, Romero and King did this together. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I haven't been the biggest Romero guy, but he did some good stuff in this, you know. He's one of my favorite guys, but we'll get into that later. Yo, did you see uh, Diary of the Dead, though? Yes, I liked it. Oh. (laughs) And we can actually get into that if you want, but probably not right now. Did you watch it this week, or would it just be a pure tangent? No, it would be a pure tangent, which maybe we shouldn't get into right now. Alright, we'll we'll save it for some other time. I, I didn't like that movie. Um, but right after Creepshow, I was still feeling the King stuff, and I also couldn't sleep, so I was just like, I'm going to watch Thinner on my phone on on Netflix. And what did, did you think of Thinner? Decent, well, 
okay premise. Like, it reminded me of Drag Me to Hell, which isn't exactly fair because it came way before that. You know, Gypsy Curses. Um, but yeah, just really dumb ending. Just ran out of ideas maybe after a while. Like when I'm Joel sorry, could you remind me of what the ending is? I haven't seen it since it came out. Alright, and this came out like 15 years ago and it's not very good, so yeah, let's just talk about it. Um, Gypsy Dude, like, okay, um, guy hires Joe, Montag- Joe Montagna or whatever, Fat Tony from The Simpsons, which is weird hearing him speak, because it just reminds yeah, me of that. Yeah, totally. Um, he, he hires him to just kind of terrorize them and make them uh, cure him or whatever. Um, he has a curse which makes him lose weight every single day to the point where he'll eventually just kind of deteriorate to nothing. Um, the gypsy dude comes up and is like, alright, there's a way to get rid of the curse. Put your blood in this pie. Um, you can pass the curse on to somebody if you get them to eat it. Oh, that's um, right, and he passes it off to that one douchebag. Well, kind of. Of course, it all goes horribly wrong, and like, oh no, he wanted to kill his wife because he thought she was cheating, but then his daughter ate the pie too, so no, she's cursed too. And, um, also, and then like, the the dude he suspects his wife was cheating with or whatever comes over and he's like, hey, do you want some pie? (laughs) And that's the end of the movie. So, yeah, just kind of trying to be all Twilight Zone or something, or ironic, oh no, but... Yeah, not great. Um, yeah, I find the problem with a lot of King stuff is that it's hard to transcribe the like horror that you get from reading something and your mind working with it into video form. Into film, like yeah, cause totally. There's, there's there's other people being cursed too, like where it's like his skin is turning into like lizard scales, but then you see it and you're just like that's just stupid. and it looks ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, when you're reading it, it's actually kind of terrifying, some of the stuff he writes. Just because it provokes your imagination to think of awful things. Like, The Shining is just one of the scariest books ever written. Uh, I haven't read it. I've seen that Kubrick movie, though. But anyway. Did you see the other one they made? That's more like the book. The miniseries that he was more involved with? No. Is it good? Yeah. yeah, it's really good. I can't find a copy of it, though. Okay. I, I, I've seen it at, like, video stores and stuff for rent every now and then, but, yeah. I think we have it. But anyway, um, what, what, what's next for you? Uh, next, I went to the theater this weekend. <gasps> I saw Rango. Good, right? It's so good. Oh, my God. So, like, okay, a little backstory. I have terrible friends and nobody wants to see good stuff with me. Um catch up to yesterday, I asked another one of my friends, do you want to see Rango? They said it looks stupid. So it's like, fine, you to what? I'm going. And I saw it as a double feature with something else we'll get into in a little bit here. Um, that movie is everything I thought it would be. It's a beautiful movie. Like, it's yeah. well done. Um, that whole movie is a movie reference, like, to other stuff. It's amazing. And, like, catching a lot of it is just kind of a nice little treat. Johnny Depp is always as amazing, even as just voice form. Yeah, I mean, a rattlesnake with a Gatling gun on his tail. That's all you have to say. Yeah. Bill Nehe's pretty cool there. Um, yeah, like, all the voice acting was really good. I don't know if I m- liked Isla Fisher. I mean, she was really? okay. 
Yeah, okay. I don't know. I didn't. Like I didn't the even realize they it was her. Giving. I just kind of liked that character, and then I was like, "Oh, cool." I do like the character. I didn't like the accent they were giving her. Oh, okay. It just seemed too hillbilly-ish. Not enough, like that sort of like like a Mexican spaghetti western ish, uh-huh. where like I everyone so. else was pretty spot on. And I think the only reason it's noticeable is because everyone else was like pretty good. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's a great movie. I don't know what I could say about it. We talked a little bit about it last week, and you were saying some stuff. And, I mean, that movie is Chinatown. Yeah, there's a lot of Chinatown stuff, which is really weird for a kid's movie. Uh, Do you agree it kind of lands right in that kind of Nickelodeon thing where it's not really for kids, but it's kind of... I don't think it's at all for kids, just based on the fact that they won't get a lot of the subtle things that make it great. Yeah. Like, they totally could watch it, and it would be a totally fun experience for them, but I think this is something made for the adults. Like, yeah, I know what you mean. It's kind of made for, like, either or, but, like, there's stuff in there that the adults will appreciate more than the kids, which is Nickelodeon's, like, calling card for everything they do, pretty much. Yeah. Kind of a weird mix, but... I don't know. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. It's probably I, my favorite movie of this year so far. I'll I kind of... I think one. I'll have to agree with you. I can't wait to see this in Blu-ray. Yeah, no. It's vi- visually really impressive, too. Like, Roger Ebert was writing about how... Like, just how crappy 3D seems in comparison now, just because the whole thing is to make it look more visually awesome, but this movie looks amazing without needing it, really. So... I agree. Yeah, I think 3D would have ruined this movie. Yeah, I, I respect their decision to not do that. So, yeah, good movie. Good movie. Mr. Depp, that guy's still cool. Yeah, he's one of the best actors I think there is around. I didn't see this first, but... Uh... <laughs> I haven't either, but like every single role he's in, he seems to just completely engulf himself into. I'd like to see him do maybe a little more serious stuff again. Like, he's been burtoning it up quite a bit. I heard that Public Enemies was pretty bad, though. Yeah, I know. Like, he has a couple good moments in it, but... Like, I actually wouldn't fault him for anything wrong with that movie, but... Yeah, I was kind of underwhelmed by it. Um, Yeah. Hey, David Lynch. You you familiar? Oh, I love David Lynch. Alright. I watched quite a few of his movies this week. I'm going to kick off the one that kind of kicked off that resurgence. I watched Blue Velvet again. Nice. Um, yep. It's it's really good. It's a really good movie. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the Hopper? Was supposed to... Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Hopper, who, you know, rest in peace or whatever, but he, he's great here. Totally. Just crazy. Um, it, it was supposed to be for class, but I slept in, which kind of bummed me out, because I kind of wanted to see how a crowd would kind of react to this movie nowadays. But uh, I ended up just watching my copy at home. Um, right. And yeah, I, I don't know. Not Nothing really to say other than it's it's really good. Kyle McLaughlin. It's hard cool. to talk about Lynch because the people that know Lynch like Lynch a lot and the people that don't probably wouldn't. Yeah. So it's hard to just kind of summarize what the plot. Like it's kind of a detective movie but with weird stuff going on like, sexual discovery stuff, and just, I don't know. It's weird. There's a lot It's a Lynch on. movie. 
Yeah, it's a David Lynch movie. One of the more straightforward ones, probably, especially compared to one I watched last night, which we will talk about. But, um, yeah, just good, solid stuff. Looks sharp. Like, holds up really great. Laura Dern is there. And, uh, they're kind of frequent collaborators and stuff. Um, uh, Jack Nance has a cool little scene I kind of forgot about. Um, oh, he's, he's, uh, related to last week, he plays a character named Paul. And he lets you know that his name is Paul. And that's kind of all he says, and it's really funny. Um, watch it again. Oh, yeah, that's right. Look for it. Like, he, he just, like, weirds Kyle McLaughlin's character out. Um, and then punches him or something. It's, 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 it's weird. I gotta um, be honest with you. I saw that you were watching this, mm-hmm. and it almost made me watch every Lynch movie I own. Yeah, it so kind of comes talk, in waves. So for we me. could have a really good discussion about it. But yeah, like I've kind of had a couple Lynch waves uh, over the past few years, and I'm in the middle of one right now where I'm just kind of revisiting all of it because it's kind of great. But anyway, and then I watched Drive Angry again. Which, I like Drive Angry a lot, and I still do, but maybe didn't need to see it again that quickly, because <laughs> there's not okay. really, there's really not that much to get into, and now that the fresh, like, surprise nature of it is gone, maybe doesn't play as well as it did the first time, which is too bad. I kind of, like, I, I went to a press screening, though, and I kind of wanted to support it at the box office, because holy crap, it's doing so bad. Like, it's out of theaters already. It's coming out on DVD it's, in, like, May. So It's out of yeah. theaters? Yeah, like, it's gone. You gotta be Our fucking city. kidding me. I missed it. It's gone. It's gone. You, uh, It did that poorly. Like, they couldn't keep it. Well, I'm gonna have to download it then. Because, like, I want to see it, and I'll probably buy it. But, like, that pisses me off. Yeah, apparently they're putting a lot of good features in there, but it's not their fault. It's, the mo- it's like, the movie just didn't do well. Like theaters You hear that, really audience? Cool. It's your fault. Yeah, you, you ruined my this. life for the last time. Yeah, you're kicking Nicolas Cage around. He's how can he afford payments on his castle, dude? Anyway, um, I think he sold that castle actually, which is too bad. Yeah, poor guy. But anyway, um, so I watched that, and uh, there's still fun to be had there. But uh, maybe don't see it twice in two weeks or whatever. That that's I would, all I, can say. I would like to see it once in my lifetime. That's all I'm going for right now. Yeah, that's worth doing. That's worth doing. Um, what's next for you? Uh, next, I actually watched last night as I was kind of trying, I was in having some fever dreams there. So it was, yeah, it was kind of trippy. It was Jaws. Good time to watch. (laughs) Oh, okay. So like, I don't, I can swim. I don't necessarily like the ocean and water because I'm terrified because I know something's down there that humankind won't be able to deal with and it'll come up one day, probably. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those movies, like, I love sharks. They're, I think they're awesome, but they're kind of terrifying, and that movie holds up really well for being as old as it is. Like, the effects in it and everything look really, really good still. I'm a big fan... <clears throat> I'm a big fan of movies that build suspense like, naturally, that don't just have, like, jump scares, and that movie is, like, the granddaddy of it. You don't even see the damn thing for most of it. And you just know it's there. They kind of worked around their limitations with uh, not being able to show the shark (laughs) in a clever way. And the whole time, 
like, maybe it's just because I'm older now. I hadn't seen it for a while, but, like, it's one of my favorite movies. But, like, it's one of my favorite non-horror horror movies, if you get what I mean. Sort of thing. But Like a thriller? I guess. Maybe. Yeah, probably a thriller. Anyways, this came out, oh, what was it, like 40 years 75. ago now? 30, like, 6 years ago. Coming up 36. on 36. Yeah. Okay. So this came out about 36 years ago, and, like, maybe it's because I'm older, but I just keep thinking, shooting scenes on the water must have been really technically difficult. Yeah. Because, like, like, you mean the yeah. end stuff on the boat, or? Well, like, yeah, the whole, everything when they meet up with Quint, and they, like, go on the boat, probably was pretty hard to shoot, like, the yeah. outside stuff. I really like that latter half of the movie. Like, the first stuff's great, but then, like, it just kind of becomes this weird buddy movie, almost. They're all it's a complete, out there. It's a completely different movie. Yeah. and To the point where, like, the two characters that were in the beginning half seem to almost change in your eyes, like, right away. Like, Martin Brody seems more, yeah. like, gruff than he did before, and so does uh, Matt Hooper. Which is uh, yeah. Roy Schneider and Richard Dreyfuss, for anyone who hasn't seen it, I guess. Yeah, I really like Richard Dreyfuss in that one. I really, really like Quint. Robert Shaw, yeah. It, great cast, yeah. Really. Oh, yeah. totally. I now own that. Like, I was I was way up on it when I was a younger person. Like, I bought the uh, VHS special edition the day it came out. Nice. Um, like, I, I waited outside Walmart and, like, ran in. Because for some reason, in my brain, I was like, there's going to be a rush on these, man. They're going to be hard to get. Because, like, Jaws, right? But, like, didn't really think. No, nobody cares anymore. That movie came out 25 years ago. People but, uh, should people care. Should. I know. And now I have it on DVD and stuff. And, yeah, no, Spielberg kicking off his, you know, awesomeness. and Good stuff. It's a good movie. Was that his first movie? No, um, that was kind of his first huge success. Uh, like, I, the there's a TV movie called Duel, which I quite enjoy, which is a a dude kind of being terrorized by a truck driver. Um, I've totally heard of that. I've been wanting to try to find it's, it. It's a cool little movie, and uh, the other one I can think of is Sugarland Express, which is kind of I've a, never heard of that one. Yeah, it's just kind of a couple on the run from the law because they want to you know, keep custody of their kid and whatever. Big, big car chases, police chasing them. It's alright. It's very, very 70s, though. So, you know, Goldie Hawn is in it, and William Atherton. But anyway, yeah. no sense. Yeah, it's alright. It's alright. Um, I, I, I was trying to think of some clever thing about the 70s, like, hey, you know what else came in, out in the 70s? The Crazies. But apparently it was kind of crappy. But the remake, it's really good. Okay, you actually like the remake then. I did you have you seen it or? Yeah, I own it. I really like it too. I just know a lot of people that hate it. Are, what? All right. I thought it, I was really. I don't really see it either. It. Yeah, I don't see why you would hate it either. It's really good, but I don't know. I've gotten used to like, like I said, with my friends and people I hang out with. I got used to like them not agreeing with me on movies, like, at all, and thus I don't really take their opinions too seriously. Okay. Just, just because, like, like kinda... we don't have the same taste. Yeah. 
I, I really wanted to see it back when it came out, like, la early last year or whatever, but I couldn't, like, I guess similar thing, I couldn't get anyone else excited enough to go see it. So, I finally got around to it just now, and it's, I don't know, it's, it's got some really cool, effective scenes in it, uh, kind of a smarter slant on a horror zombie kind of thing. It's not quite zombies. The virus basically turns you into, like, a killer is all it is. Like, you can still yeah. use guns and stuff. It's like 28 Days Later zombie. Yeah. You just get infected good... with rage. Yeah. But, uh, but more coherent, kind of. Like, they still have very, they very clearly still have memories and stuff. But then I guess, like, the main threat is really the military who's called in to clean it up, you know? Yeah. Kind of like Half-Life or something, which... You've been referencing a lot of things to Half-Life lately. Yeah. Yeah. The Rival, like, I mean, the Rival inspired Half-Life, and the Crazies kind of cribbed a couple things from Half-Life. I, I, I think, anyway. That helicopter bit, totally, like, come on. It's, it's obvious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, th there's a scene where Timothy Oliphant gets stabbed in the hand that just gave me the willies all over the place, and I was like, messed up how awesome that was. Like, he, like how he has to pull his hand up to... What part was himself. that at? Like, what area were they in? Uh, they're uh, back at their house, I think. and the, or no, Like, before they're... they go on the run? Yeah, before they're in the car driving, like, they just kind of run into a couple crazies, and one of them stabs his hand and is about to mess him up bad, so he has to pull his hand up the blade, which was the worst. It was so gross. Right, but I awesome. remember, yeah. Yeah, Timothy Alphont, man, dude's tough, and it's cool. I don't know. I like that guy. I, I enjoy that guy. Um, and then, yeah, the the bit in the car wash is also pretty awesome. Um, good scene there. And cool ending, too. I, I, nice yeah, there's some really... real tense scenes in that film. Yeah. The, I, like, I, the I whole was... farmhouse part was pretty tense. With the, Where they're oh, in yeah, the barn. Yeah, there's a lot of just really quality scenes. Like, I guess some people were complaining, like, oh, man, this doesn't really do anything new. But it does everything really sharp, so it's it's great. I was really, really happy with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I watched, uh, then I watched Marmaduke. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Marmaduke, are you okay? Uh... I don't know. I had to. I had to break it up over like four viewing sessions to get through it all. Oh, it that's the worst. I know. Like it was just like, no, I need to finish it. And it's it, it again. The Steve Coogan promise is the only reason because his voice is in it, and I don't know why it makes me sad that to think that. But you know, he was he he provides some voice talent for uh, the dog Raisin. Who he he's a Dachshund, and he's from Europe, and he's really distinguished and smart. It it it. Oh, oh man, Emma Stone a provides movie. a voice. Yeah, the, the voice I'm gonna have to is, see it now. No, don't, just don't. Like, yeah, she plays the scrappy, you know, uh, mutt dog who secretly loves Marmaduke, but he. Can't but it'll see be it part. He's he's way too preoccupied with Fergie. I have to though, because like I've pretty much seen everything she's been in so it doesn't it doesn't like none of it plays like it, it's basically like a really really bad like just comedy but then there's animals as opposed okay. to people okay so there's this movie and then there's movies yeah. like cats and dogs or whatever mhm mm 
Have you seen that? I saw the first Cats and Dogs quite some time ago. I don't remember. So between that and this, which one would you prefer? Probably Cats and Dogs, because at least Jeff Goldblum's in that. You know? Like, in terms of the real people in this movie, there's, like, William H. Macy is, like, the one guy of any note whatsoever. And I guess Judy Greer, if you're familiar, she she's in it a bit. The main guy, though, is some guy I've never heard of named Lee Pass or something, Lee Pace. And he's completely okay. straight-laced, whatever. It's just an awful movie. Like, I, it, there's no sense really getting into it because, of course, it is. If you've seen anything about it at all, it's obviously not going to be funny. It's just depressing thinking there's talented people involved in any way. Because I don't hate Owen Wilson and, like, Christopher Mintz-Plass, you know, that guy. He's been in some okay stuff. Yeah, but then you have George good. Lopez and... Yeah, George Lopez Fergie, makes a lot of sense being in there. And Fergie, yeah. And Kiefer Sutherland plays a dog. Sam Elliott is in it, too, as a as a dog. And what are they doing? Chupadogra. Like, Do you get it? Chupadogra. Yeah, it's like a play on words. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, oh, man. Some of the worst stuff I've seen on, on film in a while. And it made me think, though, just about like how thankless that job is. Like, If you have that script to make into a movie, there's literally nothing you can do. Like, you're sunk already. There's no there's Right, no but, like, why would you make around. it? Because some studio want, thinks it's going to work out, and they're paying you money. Like, What studio released this? I don't know. I Hold on. Somebody, some, some, just a second. Maybe it'll say. 20th Century Fox Film Corporation. Yeah, that makes some sense. Yeah, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, the comics, of course, weren't weren't funny, and the movie just we're, we're done. We're t- we're done talking about Marmaduke. What, what it, it's really really bad. What else did you see? Um, that was it. Okay. Um, I saw Hellraiser. I really really <laughs> love that movie. Okay, cool. Um, I I I'd never seen it. I didn't really know what to expect. Like I. I've heard, you know, Pinhead mentioned in the same sentence as, like, Jason Voorhees and Freddie. So, yeah, he's going to be at the Calgary Comic Expo this year. Oh, Doug Bradley or whatever? Yep. Okay. Um, I I was kind of surprised that this movie is not, like, really a slasher movie at all. Like, he's not just terrorizing people. No, it's not at all. He's not a slasher at all. Yeah, he's one of several, like, Senbites, I think they're called. Senobites, yeah. Senobites, yeah. like... They Weird, deal out pain and stuff. Sadomasochistic, demon-ish <clears throat> kind of guys. Right. Um. J- yeah, just cool, old-school gore and, like, effects and stuff. Like, low-budget movie, but the, like, the grisliness of it still kind of plays for the most part. There's um, one like, scene can... that still bothers me every time I watch it, and it's when he's helping her move and he gets his hand caught oh, on a nail. Oh, man, he scrapes his hand on that nail. It's so savage. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's some good, gnarly, bloody, gross stuff in it. Like, it grossed me out a couple times, and it's like 24 years old or whatever, so... And of course, the end. Uh, with what, that weird creature, or... I'm trying to think. Well, no, kind of his end. I'm trying to think, like how the end is the beginning, that that thing. Yeah, kind of how... Pretty much, like, when Pinhead starts, like, throwing his chains around and stuff. Oh, okay. 
Oh, oh, right. Okay. His like face I, I and stuff like that. I remember what you're saying about dude getting ripped up, and then he says Jesus wept for some reason just because it's creepy, and then he explodes, and you're just like, what? Doesn't he? Yeah. I can't remember. Doesn't he like laugh too? He, yeah, it's weird because he's experiencing like pain that is somewhat pleasurable at the same time. But see, this is a type of movie that, like, if you like this, you probably will like Event Horizon. Yeah, and in I did. Many I ways, it has the same feel. Kinda. Um. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by it. I, w- I was expecting a totally whatever movie. I don't know what compelled me to watch it this week, but I totally did, and I was pretty happy about it. You should look into watching the second one because it's kind of a continuation. Is it terrible though? Because I've heard pretty bad things about most of the sequels. It's not as good, and the rest okay. are the rest Almost are terrible. Watchable. Yeah, but I've if you want really to laugh, the third one has a Cenobite that like throws CDs uh, or like okay. discs of some sort. Like maybe I expected that level of cheesiness or whatever, and the movie took itself a lot more seriously than I was expecting. Um, and just, you know, kind of the little shop of horrors thing where you gotta lure people back to your house so you can feed it to the awful monster. That yeah. kind of stuff is in there, too. And Yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, then I saw Holy Rollers, which is a Jesse Eisenberg movie about, uh, like, Hasidic Jews who smuggled ecstasy in the early, like, late 90s. That's um, based on a true story, right? Yeah, it's based on a true story. Um, really low-key, kind of low-energy movie. I think I've said that several times today, but uh, it's especially true here. It's a independent movie, so kind of small scale and stuff, but decent acting. I don't know. Um, oh, and yeah, then the Lynch Marathon continued with uh, Wild at Heart. Have you seen that okay. one? Okay, no, I haven't seen that one. It's not my favorite of his at all, um, but it has some okay moments in it. Uh, and Willem Nicolas Defoe Cage. Especially. And Nicolas Cage is in it, and he's super energetic and crazy. Uh, for the most part, but uh, yeah, um, Willem Dafoe as Bobby Peru is pretty great as just this super disgusting criminal guy. Um, nice, he's a pretty memorable character. And yeah, a lot of weird like uh, Wizard of Oz references for kind of no reason. Like, um, like most of them have kind of like a most David Lynch stuff has kind of a weird, not you know, super coherent plot at the heart of it. But this one just seems less inspired than some of the other ones, I guess. I don't know. That's just maybe it's just me, but it's not. It's not one of my favorites. Um, oh yeah. Then I tried to watch Lost Highway, but I realized the Canadian DVD is terrible. It's like full screen, so I'm gonna have to look into getting a better copy of that. Wow, is it? Yeah, the one like the one Hold I got. Hold on, let like, me. There, tr- I'm gonna check mine. Hold on. There was a release in 2008 that was widescreen anamorphic. So if you have that one, you're good. If you got the one from 03, though, you're boned because it's terrible. It's, like, really bad quality. So I'm gonna find a good one before I bother watching that again. I've, I've seen all of these before. I'm just kind of revisiting them. But um, I have pen and scan. Yeah, that's the one. That's too bad. <laughs> yeah. It, it, that's how I saw it the first time, too, which might have contributed to my less than amazing experience, though I I did remember liking parts of it. Um, and then I revisited uh, arguably the deep end of the David Lynch pool um, Inland Empire. Okay. I'd seen before like four years ago and I didn't like it at all but um, I've grown considerably as a person and as a filmmaker. A film 
viewer, rather. I'm not a filmmaker. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, maybe. I, anyway, more on that later. Um, not today. And, uh, yeah, I got so much more out of it this time, mainly because, like, in this film theory class, we've done a lot of reading about, like, color theory and, like, psychology and viewer, and, uh, like, film relationship kind of stuff. And this movie kind of evoked a lot of that in a weird way. Still super hard to watch, though. It is three hours long, and you feel most of that time weighing down on you after a while. Um, have you seen it? Cause, no, I haven't. Yeah, it, okay. I, I don't know, like, how to even approach, like, it's three hours long. The movie starts in a pretty coherent manner with Laura Dern playing an actress who might get this big role and stuff. Um, but then, like, and then it quickly kind of takes on a meta layer kind of thing where it's like, is this the role or is this real kind of thing? Kind of like a Tristram Shandy kind of thing. But right. then there's another s- more stuff going on where, like, uh, just, like the, there's this Polish Polish side of the movie where like they there was this movie that was going to be made before. It's impossible to talk about this movie without sounding ridiculous. So let me just say, um, th- it uh, the movie is going at a pretty like conventional kind of way, like a Mulholland Drive or something, like where it's it's weird, but it's possible to just kind of follow it in a straightforward way. Yeah. And then it just goes crazy for like an hour and a half before kind of coming back at the end. So you're just completely disoriented and you don't really know what is exactly happening for a huge chunk of time. And the first time I watched it at about the two hour mark in the movie, I was just like really tired of it. And I kind of paused and ate supper and like broke it up and whatever. This time I was like resolved to not hit pause ever and not check my watch ever and just watch it and take all of it in. All of it. And um And it weighed on you. Yeah, it's it's a tough sit, you know. Even even like a diehard David Lynch fan, like there it is it is just slow going at times. But nothing you're seeing is like not compelling in a weird way, but it's just like there's so much of it. And your brain is just so tired of at some point of trying to even interpret it in a way, so you're just kind of letting it wash over you and it's just weird. It is an interesting film experience. Um I, I can now, like, I now understand the group of people that go around saying, like, no, this is David Lynch's most important movie ever. This is his best movie. Like, those people don't seem insane now, but I don't necessarily agree with them. I like Mulholland okay. Drive a lot. Yeah, I really like Mulholland Drive. Like, that one I own and love and cherish and watch reg- fairly regularly. This movie is just, like, suffocating crazy. Laura Dern is kind of amazing in it, though, like, considering just how nonsensical her part must have seemed on paper. Like, it, reading behind the scenes, like, David Lynch was literally just kind of coming up with his ideas, like, ideas for, like, little short scenes and stuff that didn't necessarily tie together into any overarching story. They were just kind of thematically related. So it, it plays really strange. It is bizarre. And it's him messing around with the digital stuff. So it's kind of got a weird, loose, and documentary kind of look to it. I don't know. It's hard to recommend without, like, a bunch of asterisks beside it or whatever, but it's worth... Like, if you're a Lynch fan, check it out. If you're a diehard Lynch fan, like, you you should probably, like, give it a look, because there's a lot of interesting stuff to dig through here, but 
it is, it is, it is hard. It is a tough movie, man. I don't know. I don't know. But I can now confidently say I like it. So Yeah, I should probably check it out. I mean, Mulholland Drive's the only Lynch film I've seen, like, after the year 2000. Yeah. Um, like, oh, he's done a lot of short film stuff and stuff on his website and things that I have. But, like, all the stuff I have and, like, watch every now and then is, like, Eraserhead, Elephant Man, Dune, Blue Velvet, all in the same time, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of late 70s, early 80s. Twin Peaks? Aw, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm probably gonna watch season one again. Not necessarily two. Just because it's not as good. Yeah. Yeah. And I... Yeah, it's been pretty recent when I watched that. But anyway, um, how about that movie, Paul? Yeah, I mean, it's my name, so has a lot to live up to, and unfortunately I didn't feel it did. Okay, I, I had probably a better experience then. I, I wasn't expecting a whole lot because of critics kind of dishing it, like, hating it and stuff. Well, not hating it, but kind of saying pretty mediocre things. So I went in with a low bar, and then I was like, yeah, it's okay. Okay, I can see that, but for all the like people behind this, you would it should have been so much better. You're not wrong. Like given yeah, like looking at it like a year ago when it was like popping up on IMDb and it's like holy crap, Greg Matola's working with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost and like Bill Hader and stuff on this comedy, this is gonna be amazing. And it's it's not amazing. The best it's part okay. is Kristen Wig. Yeah, she's she's pretty funny. Um just random cursing. It's not. It's not bad. Kind of cheap jokes, maybe, but they they work. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, Paul is Seth Rogen. Do you like Seth Rogen? I'm starting to wonder because he seems to be the same person in everything he's in. All right. I I think I I I liked uh, that Green Hornet quite a bit. So I think I'm on a positive Seth Rogen kick right now. So yeah. That's fair. He has good comic timing, but, like, Jesus Christ, he needs to do something different. He's an alien in this movie. How how much different can you get? Well, you know, he's him as an alien. I know. He's, he's yeah, he's a oafish, uh, cursy, pot-smoking alien. So, yeah, right. I, I see what you mean. <laughs> um, I don't, how about all those Spielberg references? Sorry, how about what? All the Spielberg references, like, did that work for you? Because, like, I I was amused by them, but then uh, Ryan, movie-going buddy, was like, man, that's super lazy. Like, they just reference movies, and that's the joke. And yeah, because they don't great. reference them good. Yeah. Like, I don't know, it just seems like, hey, you know this? Well, this here it is. It's like, oh, okay. Like, I don't know. I like my references to be a little more thought out and maybe have actually something to do with, like, the situation they're put in. Yeah, not just like, there was definitely kind of almost a family guy approach. Not like how we're it. just talking now, and then all of a sudden I'm like, hey, do or do not, there is no try. Like, that's ah, lazy and stupid. I remember that from the Star Wars. That's cool. Exactly. Hey, smile, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Get it? From the Jaws. We were talking about that earlier. I think... Like, was that, that was the cantina music they put in the bar, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that was probably the most, that one actually got a smile out of me. I didn't, Yeah. I feel bad, I kind of didn't laugh at all this whole movie. Okay, I, I had some chuckles throughout, I don't know. 
I, I guess I liked it. I'm going to say I liked it overall. And but, you know what? Uh, That's totally fair because it's not a bad way to spend some time out at the theater. I mm. I wanted so much more because of the people yeah. behind it. Like, especially the Simon Pegg, Nick Frost team. Like, that's been magic before. Well, it makes you it, wonder, like, if Edgar Wright had done this, do you think it would have been, as like, a lot better? Because I think so. Maybe, but I don't dislike Greg Matola. Like, I, I don't like either, but he seemed... Like, I think he was trying to go not... for a super bad feel with this, and, like, right. it didn't work out. Like, he's not as well suited to this kind of... Like, there's some action elements in it, too. Yeah. I don't I don't disagree necessarily, but I I I, I, let, I went I'll, away feeling okay. I'll say it's a very okay movie, and if okay is not good enough for twelve or thirteen dollars of your money, then don't go see it in theaters. Okay. Um, I thought Jason Bateman was maybe a little weird, like because like they make him play super straight laced kind of like just. It's weird seeing him do that. Yeah, because he's usually kind of goofy and he. He's not allowed to do that for most of the movie here, which was kind of strange. Like, it was weird because it felt like everyone was holding back, like, everything that could have made it good. Like, Bill Hader seemed really restrained for Bill Hader. For Bill Hader, yeah. He had a couple moments that made me smile, but... It almost makes you wonder if it's the writing, like, the script that did it. Which was by, like, Simon and Nick, so... So, like, yeah. how, right? I almost it, wish they maybe punched it up a bit or something. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Because even their characters seemed really low-key. Well, I I wasn't a big fan of, like, the whole ongoing joke, joke like, hey, are they gay? I don't know. Like, there's just so many little things that bothered me. It's like, yeah, we get it. There's They're nerds, and they might be gay. Like, mm-hmm. ha-ha, get, like, get over yourself. Do something funny. Yeah, like, they kind of had a similar gag in Hot Fuzz, but it was really understated, you know? Like, them kind of sitting on the couch, staring longingly into each other's eyes. And that made it so much better, though. Yeah, whereas this one kind of hits the nail on the head or whatever, and it just... Well, they actually say many times, like, are you two gay? Yeah, yeah, and it's... There was another running gag, wasn't there? With, uh... Um... Oh, I'm trying to think... Oh, oh the three tits. Three tits, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> that was <laughs> kind of funny. Times. Yeah, yeah, that, I remember that. Yeah, and, oh, and the titles thing, which they kind of abandoned. Uh, like, whenever they bring up Jeffrey Tambor's character, all the books they list are different every time, which was kind of mildly amusing to me. But Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. I, yeah, I guess overall, not a, not a must-see at all. If you're a big fan of these guys, you might like I it. I think you'll be you'll disappointed. Probably be a little bit disappointed. Yeah, fair enough. Like it's definitely no Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz or anything. Uh, but I, f- I don't know. It's hard to recommend to see in theaters just because of the price of admission. Yeah, D- decent, silly road movie though. I, I'd say. I, I but not played up nearly enough to make it good. Yeah, like, I have no need to see it again until it's out on, like, DVD or something. And even then... Even then, it'll be, yeah. Like, it'll be, like... Probably uh, for the features. there's, like, a group of people, maybe. Maybe. Because I I think that could play to an audience of sorts, but... Yeah. Yeah. Me by myself, I don't know. Um, 
And I feel silly now, but I forgot. Uh, I watched Thelma and Louise. And it's okay. <laughs> okay. It has a good ending. I don't know. It's it's a really weird movie for Ridley Scott to have done, but anyway. I kind of oh. wanted to take a quick turn here. Mm-hmm. We talk about movies a lot, right? And, like, oh, apparently yeah, cats and stuff. Okay. Um, but we also kind of talk about TV, maybe? Maybe starting yep. now? Yep. So, okay. this week... I can bring up a TV show, too. I've, been, I've, played, I've watched almost every single episode of Community. Oh, perfect, because I did that, too. So... Yeah? Happened. Yeah, because yeah, it was I on Netflix. like, all of season one. So, yeah. That show yeah, on is Netflix. really good. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, how do you feel about season two, though? Like, did you watch it, like, sequentially, um, kind of? Um, like, how do I feel about it in terms of, like, with season one? Yeah, because, like, I saw them, like, I saw most of season one as it aired, and then I'm, I've been watching season two, and then I went back to season one, and that contrast kind of stuck out to me. But season two's not as good. I okay, I agree, but I don't dislike it. To be clear, it's just, I don't either. There's a there's a lot less like big hits, you know. Like there's a yeah. handful of episodes in Community season one that are like some of the best TV around right now. Totally. I don't know about season two. Season two so, has some good stuff though, like the conspiracy episode. Do you see that? I don't one? know. I don't know. I can't. What was the conspiracy? Well, it kind of riffs on, like, the Departed ending, with, like, everyone shooting each other. Oh, okay, yeah, no, I didn't see that. Okay, it's really funny. Um, But anyway, sorry, sorry. Uh, Um, To avoid stuff like that, let's talk more about one and two than two. Okay. Just as a general. So, season... I don't know what it was in season two. I... Oh, I don't know. We won't get into that right now. Um, What do you think of Joel McHale? He's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, because he was, like, at the beginning, when you first start that show, you think he's going to be kind of annoying, but, like, he really comes into his own by, like, the second episode, I felt. Yeah, he's kind of douchey or whatever, but you kind of start enjoying his snarkiness, or at least I did after a while. Yeah. But I think it's the whole thing with all TV shows, that they think of something one way, they air the pilot, and then however people react, they'll change it. Like mm-hmm. right away. Oh, so, so I think so he I, was I, supposed I, I, I to actually, be the douchey guy. Sorry, I haven't seen the pilot in quite a while, actually. So I don't know if it, like I, di- I I didn't watch that one. I watched episode two onwards because I I watched the pilot like six months ago or something. Um, well, the reason I bring it up. Anything? Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, are you just saying there's like a radical character shift between the two? episodes? Or? Completely, and I think the reason for that, I think he was probably supposed to be, like, the douchey guy that's always trying to get with Britta, but, like, mm-hmm. maybe it didn't play so well, because it's kind of like, hey, you just made every other character ever in TV. So, like, it seems, like, right away that he changed his attitude, and he likes being part of the group by, like, the fourth episode, and, like, him and Britta are friends, and that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. I also just, I really enjoy how self-aware the show is about its own kind of jokes and stuff. It, I don't know. It's it's really funny. And Abed, Abed is the best. Yeah, just Abed, kind of commenting Abed. on. Yeah, like there's, there's a, 
there's a joke where he's just kind of like, I kind of laid heavy on the movie references last time, so I'm just going to, like, play it low this one. And, he's and he totally does. Episode. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's pretty funny. It's just funny because, like, when he does the voiceovers and stuff like that. The one episode he, like, does a voiceover talking about Jeff's, like, ego. Oh, okay. It's like, right, no more voiceovers or whatever. I don't know, it just says a lot of, like, the conventional things that, like, like, movies and TV shows do, but, like, it knows, so, yeah, I don't know. He's the character that makes everything kind of come together, where they do something cheesy like a normal um, television show or a movie would. But then he brings light to it because, like, hey, we know we're doing this. And usually it's in a way that's really actually funny. And there's a lot of movie references. Yeah. And just the the like the like chemistry of the whole cast is pretty awesome. It's really pretty good. Troy is pretty awesome, too. Um, season 2, like, eventually Chevy Chase kind of takes a weird turn. I don't... You'll find... You'll see it when it happens. But I kind of don't like Chevy Chase... Like, I like him in this. I don't like Chevy mm-hmm. Chase himself, though. Yeah, I I don't know. I kind of grew up on some Chevy Chase stuff, so I don't hate him like, like Fletch. some people do. I, I, I've seen Fletch a couple times. Fletch is, like, know. the only thing I like him in. That's why I bring it up. Oh, okay. Um, I meant, like, the vacation movies and stuff. Oh, okay. Yo, come on. Vacation, right? Christmas so, vacation? So, I've <laughs> been... I've asked, like... Everyone that's into community, so I should probably ask you. Mm-hmm. Annie or Britta? Uh, oh, Annie, because it's Allison Brie. And totally. She's, she's okay. awesome, yeah. But, like, I, I don't hate Britta or anything, it's just, you nope. know. Me neither. Like, come on. Yeah, okay. Uh, she's in Mad Men as well. I'm sure you're familiar. I am. Um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, great show. Great show. And Ken Young, pretty great. Yeah, he's really good. He every time he's on, he's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, on that paintball episode. Oh my god! Like one of my friends came over the other day, and she was catching up, and then I came back from the computer while she was watching, and like that part was coming up. I'm like, oh dude, the best part in like anything is coming up. And then, like, it has that, like, kind of stereotypical, almost racist, like, Ching Chow music as he walks in. It's like (laughs) a clear John Woo kind of... Totally. Yeah. 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 And he walks in with the paintball and, like, has the toothpick or whatever in his mouth. Yeah. That was just amazing. Great action movie parody kind of stuff. And and the the gangster episode is pretty great, too. That's probably my favorite of that season. That's fair. Just yeah, great, great stuff. I'm, I'm really like when Layla's playing, and like he's getting back at all of them. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, no, that is pretty great. Because I mean that, like the whole like Goodfellas feel. Yeah, shredded up backpacks and whatever. Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, do you want to briefly mention some news stories or? Yeah. Um. Yeah, so, I don't know where to start. Uh, well, we talked last week about Akira, because I was watching it. Well, okay. I watched it. I wasn't, like, in the act of watching it or anything. During so, the show, yeah. Yeah, anyways, they're making a live-action film of it. 
and this has kind of been rumored for a while. I guess it was confirmed, maybe, now? Yeah? You know? I, no? That's my understanding, yeah, that it's been yeah. kind of... And it's being made by um, the Hughes brothers, apparently. And they uh, got a script. They got a script from the guy that does the Harry Potter films. Okay. Uh, Steve Cloves, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Um. Anyways, there was some talk a long time ago about Zac Efron was going to be one of the lead roles. Apparently, that's kind of been squashed, and instead, they've named some of the people they're looking at to and, like, have asked. Um, do you remember these characters at all? Because it's been a while since you saw the anime, right? Yeah, I don't I don't remember. There's Crazy Psychic Dude and uh, the dude who has that motorcycle. Right, so Crazy Psychic Dude is Tetsuo, and mm-hmm. the people they're looking at for him are Robert Pattison, Andrew Garfield, and James McAvoy. Okay. I, I hate to say it, Robert Pattinson might be okay in that role. Really? Like, he has that look. Like, pretty... He has that look that, like, I think Tetsuo would have. Okay. Just I would I've, like I've, Andrew Garfield. I, like, of those actors, like, probably the one I've seen the most of and have fondness for is James McAvoy. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Like, he really turned it around and wanted, and I want to see him in... Uh, and don't get me wrong, I hate Robert Pattinson, but I mean, well, yeah. Yeah, okay. That I mean, you kind of, you have to now, because I mean, Twilight is pretty terrible. But, uh, he was okay in that Harry Potter movie, right? I mean, back before we knew. I haven't seen know, any we're... Harry Potter movies. Oh, okay. Never mind then. <laughs> he was okay. He was alright. But anyway. Okay. Okay, so, Crazy so Motorcycle Pattinson Dude mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. Canada. Canada, okay. they're looking at Garrett Hedlund, Michael Fassbender, Chris okay. Pine, <gasps> Justin Timberlake, and okay. Joaquin Phoenix. Huh. Thoughts? I like Chris Pine quite a bit. Um, Yeah, that's my favorite choice for that. Yeah, out of those, I think Justin Timberlake is the worst. I like Justin for Timberlake that role. just fine, but I don't think he would fit in. Quite well, yeah. No, that'll be that would be a terrible role for him. I agree with you. Chris Pine should get that role. And I like Joaquin just fine, but I don't. I don't know. Like since he's been gone for quite a while, I don't know. I need to see. I'm still here. I've decided. I want to see what that's all about. I kind of do too. Yeah. But okay. Um. So that's happening. That is happening. Uh, okay. Do you, am I going to go through all of them, or do you have any? No, no. I can. I can. I've uh, bounced some of these around. Okay, um, well, apparently yeah. people have been like people who worked on it have been talking about making a sequel to the fighter, right? Um, and uh, David Russell is apparently also on board and is thinking about some ideas that he might want to write to a full-on screenplay. That hasn't like been confirmed yet or whatever, but there's just a lot of interest from the cast, I guess, into going back into that story. So I'm wondering um, where would they go. I was actually talking to a friend of mine who's actually into boxing, and apparently uh, Mickey Ward was actually involved in a series of pretty historic bouts with a like a pretty popular Canadian boxer some years ago. Like they were just like a series of like twelve rounds. Was it bear hugger? Fights. I don't know. I I I, I, w- I was baffled by this news because I I don't know anything about the world of boxing really. Um, I don't either. It was a yeah. Reference. Yeah. 
Oh, bear hugger. Punch oh, out. this is a punch out thing. Okay, okay. Because I was about to make a punch out reference, which would have been weird because it would have been a response to a punch out reference, which would seem redundant. But anyway, like little Mac or something. You say little Mac, and I know what you're talking about. Um, but it wasn't bear hugger super punch out. Yeah, super punch out. Yeah, I played more the first one, so it would have gone right over my head. And in fact, that's it, totally fair. Um, yeah, but anyway, um, so yeah, another you know those characters back again. Um, continuing the story of Mickey Ward's boxing career, what do you think? I'm for it. I really liked The Fighter. I could totally see it being good. The Fighter was interesting because it's one of those movies that, like, I don't remember Cinderella Men having the same effect, but it's one of those movies where you, like, go in, and when they're doing the fights, even though you kind of know the outcome, like, it's still interesting, you know? You're like, come on, come on, you're almost getting out of your seat sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like, not being... Yeah. yeah, not being a huge sports guy. Like, I, uh, I'm i kind of into hockey because I'm Canadian. I mean, they take away your citizenship if you're not. So, um... <laughs> okay. Not being into sports very often, I don't feel like the way I think a lot of people do when they watch a game and they're getting all into it. And I like it when movies can make you feel that way. And I think it would be great to relive that. Maybe this time in the theater. Okay. Um, I'm I'm just trying to think how they could make it not a very conventional boxing movie, but maybe they just don't need to, you know, just figure out... I think it would help if either one of us knew anything about boxing, or more specifically, Mickey Ward. Yeah, maybe. Like, maybe the story is already really compelling, and we just don't know. I don't know. That's but totally I, I valid. It probably is. We may find out. Um, but Kinda yeah, isn't... Do. Isn't uh, O. Russell and Wahlberg working on Uncharted and stuff right now? Um, are they? I don't think they're working on it yet. They haven't said they started. Oh, okay. Because that's not I supposed just... to come out for two or three years yet. Okay. That, I'm fine with that being postponed. That sounds like an awful idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we didn't discuss it earlier, but I just kind of want to bring it up because... Uh, it tails kind of nicely with our David Lynch talk. Apparently, uh, they've been trying to make Dune again, and they just decided that that won't happen. So Good. Yeah. We don't need another I've, Dune. I know. Like, I saw that for Dune, and, uh, like, David Lynch hated working on that project, too, so it's it's not, you know... You know, it kind of shows. Yeah. Like, I, I appreciate it now, because, like, you can kind of see him working with his people and meeting, like, Kyle MacLachlan and stuff, and those relationships panning out later in Twin Peaks and stuff. Like, there's a couple other cast members in there, too. But as a movie, it's it's kind of terrible. Like, it's just, yeah. it makes no sense, and it's just, yeah. So, yeah, they've been trying to figure that out, and they've decided not to, so, hey. Um, what what else did you want to mention? Was there oh, a- um, as you know, or may not know, I don't know, I'm a big fan of zombie stuff, zombies and media. Okay. Um, so, this guy named Max Brooks... That's actually Mel Brooks' son, I believe. Okay. He's done a few books that have become kind of popular. The first one was called The Zombie Survival Guide, and it was basically like a, a novel written like a survival guide of how to like deal with a zombie outbreak. Uh-huh. <clears throat> the follow-up book to that was a book called World War Z, and what it is is basically like... what. It is is a bunch of different stuff that like happened when the zombie outbreak happened, because this takes place in the world where it actually happened already. 
Mm-hmm. And these are people recounting, like, stuff that's happened. Do you know what I mean? Like, like looking back on how things got this bad or whatever. Kind not of like, even that. Like, more action-y. Like, like war stories. Oh, okay. Okay. But from the zombie apocalypse. Well, anyways, they were planning to make a movie about it. And, um, it's apparently going to be PG-13. Because that's the only way they could get investors to like actually care about it. Because they don't think they're they don't think they're even gonna make have enough money to make it. Like period. that's so weird. Because like I mean, Zombieland did okay, and that was R rated. Like why not? I don't know. Zombies kind of need to be R rated to be interesting, don't I they? I completely agree. I think like, so. Like, where, like where, I'm tr- I'm just trying to think like where is Walking Dead in terms of TV ratings? Like is it mature? Like seventeen? Because it's pretty violent uh, at times, but... I it's mature. Okay. Like, that's an okay level, and that's probably kind of tame in some spots. You know. There's some gross stuff in it, I guess. Alright. Kind Fair of harking back to Walking Dead, wasn't, like... Who was it is going to be writing an episode for the next uh, season? Stephen King is... Stephen uh, King, yeah. ...in talks to write an episode for either some an episode in season two or three. So I think yeah. that would be kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, we were discussing that that guy's got some cool ideas, so hopefully that works out. Yep. Um, so yeah, so you're just kind of pessimistic that World War Z will be interesting now, or what? Well, the problem is like, how do you make something PG-13 when the whole premise is war stories from the zombie war? So it has to have action and gore, and yet yeah. it's going to be suitable for children 13 years and up. So, like, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it. I'm skeptical, at best. Yeah, it seems fair. Um, I guess the last story we talked about was the Cleopatra remake. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much I care. David Fincher doing it, though, it'll probably be pretty good. Well, I mean, he's he's in talks right now. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he does not end up directing this, but who knows. Yeah, I wouldn't either. But I mean, Angelina Jolie rumored as Cleopatra. I think that would be pretty good. Okay, I'm just baffled by this whole notion because the original like 1964 film with Elizabeth Taylor is widely regarded as just kind of like this big, totally unnecessary, over lavish piece of junk. So why revisit that? Uh, because it's an interesting story. Is it like she was a queen? In Egypt. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I guess, uh, to be fair, but I she, like, just watched started a wars and stuff in France, so, you know, I guess so. Yeah, but you watched a, like, retarded queen. Well, yeah, right. Actually, no, that's offensive to retards. No, she was just, dude, she was part of high society, and the, all society teaches you is to just sit around and eat food and kind of live lavishly, so it's not her fault. She was not allowed to express herself. I yeah, I, I don't <laughs> know okay what movie. I can say to that. That'll be, uh, I don't know. We'll okay. skip past it. Okay, fine. Um, so yeah, uh, David Fincher's in talks to direct this. Although, you know, he people are it, the article kind of states that like he's kind of got a lot on his plate right now with a uh, girl with the dragon tattoo and perhaps the sequel, uh, played with fire, coming up pretty soon. So yeah. Who knows? What do you but, think of them yeah. make, remaking those? 
I think it's great because uh, I don't, you know, like I'm not, I'm not one of those like, oh, subtitles kind of thing. But I just kind of don't care about the story. But I like David Fincher a lot, so you know, I'd probably rather see his take on it at this point because I have no idea who, you know. That's fair. I just don't like Daniel Craig very much. Really? I'm 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 kind of looking forward to uh, Cowboys vs. Aliens or whatever. I'm really looking forward to that movie. Like he looks kind of perfect for that. Like just kind of angry and sullen. You know, I think he might play out quite well in that. Um, and yeah. he's he's a, despite Quantum of Solace being awful, he's a pretty good James Bond. Right? right? Uh, no, I think he's a terrible James Bond. But we don't okay. have to get into that. <laughs> All right, fine. Why do you want to get into that? No, it's it's all right. We've gone on for a while. Um, is there anything yeah, you're looking forward to coming up? Yeah, like next week or something. Because I'm um, looking forward to Sucker Punch. I I will see Sucker Punch. Uh, that that's actually it kind of works well with the zombie uh, World War Z thing because that's PG-13, and I don't know how. I feel yeah, I don't know either. But I mean, I don't know Sucker Punch. It looks good. It looks stylish and ridiculous. And it's not based on anything I care about. Cough, Watchmen, cough. So Zack Snyder will probably be, you know, perfect for it. Slow motion slicing up things is fine in this universe. It just looks like a fun time. Yeah. Um, And it's not going to open here probably soon enough, but I really want to see Super, the uh, James Gunn directed... Uh, yeah, I saw Rain you Wilson posting about Page. that. Yeah, it just uh, buzz out of South by Southwest or whatever is it's like crazy over the top violent, which sounds interesting, um, and just you know people being vigilantes, kind of like people in my circle are like dismissing it as just like oh it's just like kick ass, but I liked kick ass quite a bit, and Mark Millar has some kind of dumb ideas too, so maybe this one will not have those. I don't know. Maybe yeah. Rain Wilson did Yeah. And a source code by, uh, you know, Duncan Jones or whatever, the moon guy. So I'm interested in that. And um, I'm I'm probably going to be, I'm probably going to get a chance at reviewing uh, Hannah, the Joe Oh, Wright I want to see that. Film. Um, I can say with confidence that the uh, score by the Chemical Brothers is fantastic. Because I have it, and I've listened to it like six times or something. Um, they release so I, it? Yeah, it's out now. And... Just by how energy the soundtrack is, there's probably going to be a lot of action scenes in the movie. Like, there's one just called, like, Car Chase. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I have high hopes for that one. Despite not really liking any Joe Wright movies so far. But I'm going to say that's probably more of a thing with the subject matter he's tackled so far. Um, not enough movies about, you know, kids who are also soldiers. Killers. Assassins. Yeah. So... That that that's more my interest. I just hope she's good. Sarosi Ronan or whatever. Yeah. I I I okay. I I thought she was pretty good in Lovely Bones. So. I never saw Lovely Bones. It's not a very good movie, but I kind of I kind of like things about it. But anyway, we, we've we've talked for a while. Any closing thoughts on anything you're looking forward to? I should I shouldn't be so selfish with that question. What are you looking forward to, Paul? <clears throat> Sorry, my throat's really starting to catch up with me. Uh, like I said, Sucker Punch. I really want to see Hobo with a shotgun a lot. I'm a huge mm -hmm. fan of uh, Grindhouse. Even the crappy movies, there's something to love about them. Um, 
think that's it. Uh, something's coming out this week, as in, I guess, today, because it's Tuesday. Out on video. I can't remember what, though. You probably know. Uh, this week was, like, Skyline and the tourist. Yeah, I want to see Skyline. Okay, I've heard I've... nothing but terrible things. But Me too. That's why I kind of want to just rent it. Okay. Like, I was basically, like, I was going to see it in theaters, and then at the last minute we decided to see Morning Glory, which was probably a good decision, because that movie's pretty good. Um, for a romantic yeah. comedy, you know. But, yeah, I've, I've heard pretty bad things about Skyline. About I, Skyline? Yeah. Like, it's just supposed to be, like, people trapped in a building who aren't good at acting while stuff is happening far, far away from them. I don't know. That's kind of too bad, eh? Yeah. I'm I'm uh, hoping maybe it's at least cheesy bad, in a way. But, doesn't yeah. The Tourist come out as well? Yeah, which is supposed to be pretty terrible as well. Um, but despite any, its Golden Globe nominations. Anyways, a week from now, I'm going to be pretty excited, because I'll finally be able to see Tangled, and I'll actually be able to watch in 3D, I guess, if I want to. I don't know why that would matter, but... And Black Swan comes out next week, so pretty happy about that. Yeah, Tang- Tangled's just fun-filled, fantastic stuff. Um, Black Swan is upsetting and kind of, I don't know, but we've talked about it. Um, I really like it. They're very different movies. If you're going to... I don't know how to recommend it. Like You've seen both. Well, no, you haven't seen Tangled. So, Are you going to watch Black Swan again right away, is what you're saying? Or? Probably. So maybe watch Tangled after that, just to clear away the gloom, you know? Just you know, that's actually a pretty good idea. It's a really charming movie. I, I was not prepared for that. But anyway, um, okay, so that's what's happening in the future. Uh, we'll talk about those in other films next week. Um, oh, man, that doesn't sound right. Here on Movie Monks, like, that's not it. Uh, we're the Movie Monks. We'll talk about it. Catch you later. Bye. See ya.